Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sure. So who's some agreeing if WPXI comes up to you and be like, hi, we'd like you to be part of our Gooch Grease story. Can we talk to you quickly about your Gooch? Who's saying yes? <laughs> Who is saying yes? People that have gooch grease. You know what? I've wanted to talk to someone about <laughs> this for what? a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. In 601 at DVE, here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast. Hazy, smoky sky today. That code red air quality alert. Limit your time outside today. Temperatures will push into the 70s this afternoon. I'm Scott Harbaugh in Severe Weather Center 11. It's 61 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Craig Gauker Roofing. I'm Val Porter. Yeah, as Scott Harbaugh mentioned, the state EPA is declaring a code red air quality action day for western Pennsylvania. That advisory comes as smoke from Canadian wildfires is again drifting into the region, increasing the level of fine particulate matter in the atmosphere. Sensitive individuals like Older adults, young children, and those suffering from respiratory diseases shouldn't spend a lot of time outdoors, and residents are encouraged to avoid burning. That's leaves, trash, or other items, and to limit gasoline equipment usage in order to reduce air pollution. The smoke from those fires caused the air quality in Chicago and Minneapolis to be ranked as the worst in the world among major cities yesterday. Detroit ranked as the fourth worst. Smaller cities in the Great Lakes region like Grand Rapids uh, saw even worse air quality conditions there reached code purple. That is the second worst air quality index reading. It smells weird outside. It smells like smoke in the air. That's why we got the warning. Mm. A bipartisan group of federal lawmakers is introducing legislation named for the Oakmont teacher who is imprisoned in Russia. Sponsors say the Mark Fogel Act would establish some transparency in the process that the State Department uses to classify an American citizen as wrongfully detained in a foreign country. Vogel was sentenced to 14 years in a Russian prison for taking a small amount of medical marijuana into the country when he traveled there to return to a teaching job. Vogel has not been declared wrongfully detained despite pleas from Pennsylvania politicians, including GOP Congressman Guy Reschenthaler and Democratic Senator Bob Casey. In Westmoreland County, a Greensburg woman is set to go to trial on charges that she bullied her ex-boyfriend into taking his own life. Mandy Roosh appeared in court yesterday where a misdemeanor charge of harassment was tossed out, but a felony charge of aiding suicide was held. The victim in the case committed suicide in June of 2021 after what one state trooper has called the most extreme amount of bullying he has ever seen, read about, or heard about where someone is constantly telling someone else to end their life. In health-related news, pickleball injuries are costing Americans nearly $400 million. The fast-growing sport is taking a toll on injury-prone seniors' legs, wrists, and shoulders. Analysts estimate pickleball injuries will result in 67,000 emergency room visits, 
366,000 outpatient visits and 9,000 outpatient surgeries this year. Sports analysts say the number of players will jump to 22 million this year. I'm a big fan of pickleball, but I can totally see how old people are getting ripped up on those courts. Is it only old people? I mean, it's mostly old people because they're probably making up the majority of the players. Like, there's only a few pickleball-only courts in the city. There's some in the North Hills where the Steelers were playing that old lady. Mm -hmm. Remember, she they just, like, she mm -hmm. didn't even know that... They were playing, and then there's a couple in the South Hills, and really everywhere else is just sort of they're laying a little template out of a pickleball court on a tennis court. But, I mean, it's the same. Are you, you know? in it, Bill? You said I'm, you're a fan, so I'm, are you I'm, playing? I'm playing. Nice. I love it. It's It's got a big paddle. It's like a gigantic ping pong paddle, and the ball is like a wiffle ball, so it has holes in it. Mm -hmm. And you can kind of smack that thing... And it doesn't, like, fly out of the court, you know, yeah. like a tennis ball would. So it's fun. But, I mean, there's so much back, like, side-to-side -side action. Yeah. <laughs> that I'm, I'm I'm sure that they're rolling their ankles left and right. See, I thought the whole allure of it was it wasn't as hard on your joints as tennis. Well, if you're playing doubles, you're basically taking up the whole court. You know what I mean? Like, it's a smaller court. And there's this area that you can't step into called the kitchen. And so when you're playing doubles. The kitchen. Yeah. So it's terminology. All right, good. Uh, so you're not moving anywhere near as much as you would playing singles tennis. But if you're playing singles pickleball, you still are moving around quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Well, live sports are dying with Gen Z. A new survey of sports fans found Gen Z a little lazy when it comes to watching sports. The results show that 80% of Americans between the ages of 18 and 26 are really into convenience and prefer to watch sports on their mobile devices while on the go and multitasking rather than sitting down and watching at home or in a bar. 54% of Gen Zers say live games are just more accessible on their phones, and 38% say it's how they get all of their content. The other interesting mm. finding is that just 58% of young Americans like to watch a game live. Others prefer to either catch the highlights later or watch it after it's over so they can just fast forward through everything they don't want to see. I can't do, I can't do that with a sport that I care about. Yeah. I, no. I mean, baseball, there's 182 games. So, yeah, I mean, I could fast-forward through a couple of them. Wouldn't want to fast-forward through last night. That was a fun one to watch. Oh, that was great. Um, I, 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 you know, I don't think live sports will ever be the real issue. There's, there's lots of issues with streaming and people's habits and network television. There I, are shows on network television right now with the writer strike especially. Even when the writers were under contract, I don't know what anything is anymore mm -hmm. on network television. No. And they've got reality shows now that are in. There was one last night that was kind of like a clip from it was circling the internet about like what celebrity are you related to or oh, something? Yeah, I've seen that advertised. What the hell is that show? <laughs> I don't know. But it's kind of like when you see these blockbuster movies like the Transformers movie, it's the 10th one. You're like, who the hell? Is what a lot, a lot of people somehow.
are yeah. caught in that net. I don't know who they are. Right. But they're watching those stupid shows you just described. Whatever that show is, I bet you a, a million plus people are watching it. And those people would look at like things that I watch and go, who the hell would watch right. this? Yeah. So I, I get it. But yeah, like uh, Fast and Furious, I've seen one. I saw the first one. I think that's, I think me too. Yeah. And they have 10. There's 10 of them. But it, is, it goes back to the, like the Marvel movies. Like I wouldn't seek them out, but when I watch them, they're great. Great. Yeah. Do you remember anything from them? Uh, yeah, some of them. So you remember the storylines? No, not full okay. storylines, but you know, that's specific the stuff I forget. scenes. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, there's Easter eggs. I'm like, they mean nothing to me. Yeah. No idea. <laughs> we'll forget immediately. Couldn't, couldn't care less. Loki is who's what now? All right. I don't what know if they, was... do they rewatch them? Oh my like how, gosh. Because how yes. could you know every single thing in 25 movies? Every time it's on, some people watch them. Yeah. One of my buddies gave me, like, this was during the pandemic. He's like, here, I made a flow chart for you. <laughs> Not a flow That's chart. actually helpful. Nice. Helpful. Disney, uh, the Disney app, you yeah. can watch them chronologically. Yeah. Like, like when they happen in the universe. Yes. Not timeline. when they were released in theaters. You can do that too, but. I canceled the Disney app, but maybe I'll get it back. I don't know. I'm waiting for mono or something. Mm. Something that'll lay me up for a while. Well, that's what I was saying. Like, I binged the entire season two of The Bear last weekend. I was trying to get over the sinus infection. I wasn't going anywhere. And I was like, God, I watched 10 episodes of television. That's ridiculous. That's, you know, that's five hours of, of, of sitting in front of the television. And then I thought, well, that is only two Marvel movies. <laughs> right. And if you said you watched two Marvel movies this weekend, nobody would be deal. like, how the hell did you do that? I got caught up in Life Below Zero yesterday. What's that? I watched like three of It's people who live in Alaska. Oh, now nah, I'd like that. Not, it's not alone. It's, you know, just people who yeah. live there. I well, speaking of those shows, yesterday at the gym, like when I like when I go over and do cardio, they have the, the TVs are on. One of them's always on Animal Planet, and they show naked and afraid. Okay, wait, did they show naked and afraid of love? Because that was a show, also. What's the afraid of love? I didn't watch it, but I saw it advertised. I just afraid of relationships, I guess. Is that like naked and afraid, but with? Dating added to it? <laughs> I guess. I mean, what else are you going to do out there with no clothes on? I, ladies, I'm sure that it is just disgusting for them, like, from the get-go, like, oh, there's some gross naked dude next to me. Like, I just don't... Yesterday, there was this one where there was this really good-looking girl, and this dude who was, like, you know, similar age. They were probably both, like, early 30s, late 20s, something like that. And I'm like, how would you not just sit there and be just, like, super horny the entire time and and, like... Try to well, not hit on this person or whatever. It's not really a romantic situation. Yeah. I mean, every time you sit down, you've got to worry about bugs crawling in your <laughs> nether regions. That is true. Fire ants. But, but it was the funniest <laughs> episode, though, because, and like, in my head, I'm like, this guy's, he's trying, he's going to try and impress her. You know what I mean? It's like, maybe after the show, we'll be able to hook up or something like that. It was the quickest tap out of any show that I've ever seen. The guy, like, touted what a tough guy he was. And a day and a half, like, so noon on day two, he was like, I just want to go. He was crying, <laughs> saying he wanted to go home. That's sexy. And she, that's relatable. And she, uh, <laughs> Don't join the show. That, yeah, I'm with you. And she's like, hey, man, it's not even really two days that you've been out here. 
it's like a day and a half. Do you think you can pull it together? And he's like, I'm so sorry. Can I have a hug? And she gave him mm-hmm. like the teepee hug. You know, it's like <laughs> shoulders oh, yeah. first. Yeah. Separated like at the base. Hips way back. Yeah. And I just kept thinking, at what point? That it occurred to this guy that he should have never been on this show, and it has only done colossal damage. Not only did everyone see him naked, you know, which whatever his genitals are blurred out, but like you know, you're physically wa- and emotionally, naked. he laid himself bare, and it what it had to be the most embarrassing thing. I mean, they got to see both sides of him, naked and afraid. He drank <laughs> urine on day one. This guy is faking it, man. He drank urine. Nobody is that desperate you after the first day. don't have to. Day. Didn't he bring a bottle of water? <laughs> it's like the people, like, you're delayed on a plane for an hour and you start eating the other passengers. Like, <laughs> you don't, we're really not at that point yet, dude. <laughs> we're taxiing. Yeah. <laughs> He's drinking his pee. She's like, I'm not drinking my pee. When you're talking about shows that you're like, what is this? That's what I think about the new Barbie movie. Who is going to watch that? That'll is be, it my, my daughter and all of her friends? Be a is huge it marketed hit. towards tweens? I don't know. But tweens my, in irony seeking 20, 30 somethings. Because visually. Or girls like my sister who grew up with Barbie so that might I. have nostalgia and might have a daughter now. I, don't, I, I have no idea either. Greta Gerwig is a hero to a lot of girls. The, she's the writer, director mm-hmm. of this. Um, she did Lady Bird and, um, oh, okay. She's, she is amazing. She's a great actress. And I, I mean, I really love Lady Bird. I think it's a great movie. I'm sure she will make it entertaining. I have no interest to see it. Me either. I've seen the trailer. It's like, this is awful. I do want to see Oppenheimer. Me too. You know, that lets you know where we are. It's going to be over. We're not Barbie people. Let's watch a documentary. We're bomb people. (laughs) (laughs) We're the person who killed more people. In one felt swoop. I wouldn't mind than anyone ever seeing people. somebody bomb the Barbie Malibu house. <laughs> well, I the saw there was an explosion somewhere and the cloud was pink. And they're like, wow, they're really mixing the marketing, marketing up yeah. for these two movies. <laughs> uh, Ryan Seacrest expected to be named the new host of Wheel of Fortune. So happy for him, man. Can't stand him. You know, nothing ever good happens to him. It's so funny. that I, I, He's like printing money. Printing money. Does he still work for us? Is he still part of this? Yeah, probably. He's at the top. Boring, right? It's a boring hire. Well, I mean... Look... They don't want excitement, probably. Yeah. No, but Jeopardy, when they had to get a new host, when Alex Trebek died, they ginned up so much interest in who the replacement would be. The Daily Show. Trevor Noah says he's retiring. They start doing the, you know revolving door of hosts mm-hmm. that got people talking and it's, they just totally squandered the opportunity and they spurned Vanna because apparently she wanted that gig. She wanted a host? Yeah, which she's already lawyered up according to one article I've read. For what purpose though? Like, unless it's well, written in her contract. Stay, yeah. Uh, if they're trying to boot her off the show, that's one thing. If she's like, uh-huh. no, I should be the host. It's like, oh, turning the letters and hosting a television show are very different. Totally different. Yeah. But she has the branding of 40 years on the show, and that's important as well. Yeah, Bob Barker kept some of those uh, those models till they were 
Barker's Beauties. Yeah, they were like in their sixties. Janice, he's like, I think, was on there forever. Well, he was getting, but you know. Vanna White's got to be Vanna Gray at this point, right? She, yeah. <laughs> well, we were talking about it. Uh, I think the morning you were off, and she is. Uh, she's worth. No, was it yesterday? What? When was I off? Not you, no, Bill. Me. Oh. Uh, she's worth like. She's making three million a year, which for eighteen years. Which is a, a lot of money, but if you compare it to what he's making, not a lot of money. Now, or if you compare it to just live, you know, the lifestyle she probably lives in Los Angeles, it's probably not a lot. Her husband apparently is, you know, he's got some cash. Um, she, but that shouldn't matter. Works four days. Yeah, you should be able to make three million dollars, and that should be plenty. By the time she no, pays no, her no. agents, I mean taxes. Whether she has a spouse that makes a lot of money should not have any bearing on what she makes 100 percent agree yeah i was just pointing out that she's not destitute yes okay um she works four days a month so for 48 days of work so does pat she makes three million dollars right I, look pat's whatever like what's pat making? i'm no fan Fif- of pat's 15, I heard. <laughs> trust me 17 oh, no, 17. It's, 17 yeah i was gonna say it's more than that okay pat sajak is now going to be on the board of i think it's wagner college like, I I don't know what qualifies him to do that, or if that like really brings in the academic tone you want into your college. We have a game show host running mm-hmm. things here. <laughs> Anyways, Vanna should make more money. Vanna should at least keep her job. So Ryan hasn't officially been named, but it is expected. That dude is. I mean, he's so overextended. Ryan Seacrest. I mean, well, he left American live. Idol. He's not on live with what's her face anymore. Kelly Ripa. And it is only four days a month. He can carve out. Oh, yeah, yeah. He yeah. does his radio show. He definitely has executive or big time producer pay from the Kardashians, the mm-hmm. original, all of the Kardashians. My God. And Dunkelman could have been in on all of this. <laughs> If you just wouldn't have quit American Idol season one. Dunkelman. Remember Dunkelman? Yeah, I do remember Dunkelman. Brian Dunkelman. That was the original co-host along with Ryan Seacrest. Ryan Seacrest and Brian Dunkelman. Well, Dunkelman is not a millionaire, I'm guessing. But is he still with, like, is is Seacrest still doing stuff with ABC? Because doesn't he do... Who knows? I don't know. I just assume he's everywhere. He's everywhere. Like, he them. he bought, I think, the Dick um, Van Dyke. No, Clark. The Clark Production Company. Probably Dick Van Dyke, too. He probably owns, he owns Dick Van Dyke. Yes, he owns, he, Dick he owns Van Dyke. everything that he ever did. Yeah. It's like when Dick. Michael Jackson bought the Beatles catalog. From, he's like, befriended Paul McCartney as Paul McCartney was going to buy it. And he's like, How much, are you going to buy that? What are you going to buy that for? <laughs> <laughs> and then Paul McCartney told him, and he outbid him. Got you, bitch. That's mine now. I'm a beetle. <laughs> Finally, uh, sad news. Human remains found on Southern California's Mount Baldy have been positively identified as those of British actor Julian Sands. He was reported missing in January. Search crews have repeatedly returned to that area following the disappearance of the 65-year-old during a winter hike. Oh, uh, he is best known for many roles, including the 1985 movie A Room with a View. He's survived by three adult children. The cause of death is still pending further test results. Hazy, smoky, code red day today. Temperatures in the 70s. It is 61 at DVE. Tanya, kind of smells out there. Just be careful. 
uh, going out. It's a little, the haze is bringing some weird visual, you know. I missed the very beginning of Val's update. Is it a code? What are we at? Code red? We are code red today. Code red. Code red. Who ordered the code red? The state EPA. You can't handle the code red. You're damn right I ordered the code red. I've got asthma. Isn't that what they call that red Mountain Dew? Yes. Code red. Yeah, which probably didn't seem like a big big deal at the time, and now it's kind of like living through climate disaster after climate disaster. (laughs) Is that stuff even still around? I don't know. Oh, yeah. It's there. It's a staple now. I haven't had Mountain Dew in a year. It's here to stay. Mike Pursuta, he's not here today, but he will be joining us for sports. Are you sure? Live from his lair at home. I thought he wasn't out. Oh, he's at home. Oh, he's at home. Yeah, he uh, texted me last night that he was getting banged up at the Pirates game and said, I'll be at home. And I said, (laughs) sounds good. That's how we do things. Buckos with a nice night last night. Got it going. Unbelievable play. Oh, defensive play of the year. The Who kicks things off. Turn up your radio. It's the DVE Morning Show.
The Seeker. It's the DVE Morning Show. Mike, proceeded with your sports. Penguins, or Pirates, rather, were seeking to turn things around last night. That was a really terrible segue. But, you know, <laughs> they did it. They did it. Uh, and that was a fun game to watch. Palacios was seeking that ball in the outfield. That was that was seriously one of the the like best catches that was almost the worst defensive play ever because he overran it. But yeah. somehow he adjusts <laughs> mid-hair and catches it Snow over his it. shoulder, over the fence, robs him of a home run last night. A whole lot of fun to be had if you sat through the raindrops at PNC Park last night. You know, apparently that's all it takes to keep Rowanzi Contreras from giving up runs is for a guy to make a ridiculous catch. You know, <laughs> weird part of a ballpark where he hasn't played very often, and he overruns the ball but somehow catches it. That was that was the cherry on top of the Sunday, Randall. They hit the ball. How many home runs last night? Three. Seemed like eight. <laughs> they were, they were, they, there was a lot of contact made last night, and Gonzalez with a triple and a home run last night. Nice debut. They even sent a couple guys up into the bushes to find his home run ball. Did they? That's he awesome. Hit, he hit the base of the batter's eye. Dude, he crushed oh, that's it. That's awesome. Crushed it. It's awesome that he got that ball back and not like Sean Casey had to uh, try to finagle a guy or bribe him. bribe him to get his ball back. It can be done, apparently. It can be. Well, they they get a win. Like that's a good team who's been playing badly. The Padres, uh, a lot of talent on that team, but the Pirates get a much needed win. Full report coming up next, folks. Imagine if your favorite casino came with an undo button. That's exactly what you get with FanDuel Casinos. Play it again. Get up to one thousand dollars back if you're down after your first day. Play your favorite table games in hundreds of slots for real cash, and see for yourself why FanDuel Casino is the number one rated online casino app. Explore daily and weekly promotions. Play with live dealers, and if you ever have a question, our best-in-class customer support team is here to help 24-7. Sign up for FanDuel Casino at FanDuel.com slash Randy today and play it again with up to $1,000 back if you're down after your first day. Got to be 21 or older and present in Pennsylvania. Must not have previously placed any wager on FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel Casino, Betfair Casino, Mohegan Sun Casino, or Stardust Casino. Refund issued is non-withdrawable casino-only site credit that expires seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash casino. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. From the DVE Weather Center. This report is sponsored by Chafin Luhana Injury Lawyers. Look for an air quality warning until midnight tonight, so if you're making your way outside, please be careful. The cloudy skies throughout the day, a slight chance of rain and a high of around 78 degrees on your Wednesday. Mike Pursuit has got your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike. Sports is brought to you by Bridgeville Appliance. The Pirates fell behind 3 to nothing in the top of the second last night at PNC Park, and at that point it looked like it was going to be just another one of those nights, the way the Bucks have been playing during a stretch that had seen them lose 12 of 13 games. Uh, a three-run lead for the other guys seemed insurmountable, but something happened on the way to the bottom of the second. The Pirates counter with a three-spot of their own, two more in the third, one in the fourth, and on they went 9-4 to four over the San Diego Padres last night at PNC Park. And hey, Forget that losing 12 out of 13 thing. The Pirates have now won two of their last four games. That's hey. how I look at it. And you can always do this in baseball. It's just it's just a matter of how far back you want to go to, <laughs> to assess where, you, where you're at. Uh, 36 and 42 overall and a much needed W. And uh, the offense uh, 
Hey, it'd be nice if they could maybe spread this out a little bit instead of going from uh, a shutout to nine games, <laughs> nine runs. Yeah. See if you can get three here, four there. But uh, the Bucks themselves. Will, Bucks will take it. And, uh, to, you know, who do you want to highlight? Well, it just depends who you like. Andrew McCutcheon went three for five with an RBI. Uh, Carlos Santana, three for five with two RBI. Uh, Santana and Jack Sawinski hit home runs. So did Nick Gonzalez whose home run followed a triple, his first two big league hits. Not sure I like this kid wearing number 39, but I like the bat in the lineup, especially when he's going to hit a triple and a home run to the batter's eye. Even Austin Hedges, the uh, awesome catcher who's just a getting-on-base machine for the Pirates, (laughs) he went two for two and also drew a walk. Guys, he's got that average up to 173. All right. He's on fire. The on-base percentage is a robust 229. Thought we should just let that sink just in. Just let that minute. sink in and, yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> Dan Hopper, who's very funny, tweeted out last night, like, yeah, Rich Hill, he's been in the league for, you know, several decades. He definitely couldn't go out there without having Austin Hedges to frame up his pitches. Otherwise, he'd crumble like a cookie on the mound. It's like, you know. If there's ever a time that you're going to take a chance, maybe you do it with the crafty veteran. Who, by the way, he really is the dude from uh, um, Major League. The, you know, up up your butt, Joe Boo. That the you know Harris. Yeah, Harris. Eddie Harris. Yeah. Eddie Although Harris. I think Harris is a knuckleballer, but Rich Hill is like, man, he, he is just he's one you of those think old he's guys putting Ben Gay on the ball. You know, what he reminds me of Mike John Burkett when he got to that point in his career. He's crafty. It's not a terrible comparison at all. And last night was kind of who Rich Hill is because through two innings, he had given up three runs and six hits. And I'm here to tell you, that some of the outs they barreled. I mean, there were some shots that they caught. Oh, yeah. he, was, he was being hit hard and early, and he found a way to just dig in and, and limit the damage and keep them in the game. And that's what they needed. And then uh, this will be uh, probably an under-talked about uh, component to the game last night, but Rowanzi Contreras went the last three innings. Uh, he ends up getting his first professional save because it was a three-inning save. But he didn't he didn't get scored on. Now, it took a great catch by Palacios in uh, left field. Mm-hmm. But that kid's been a disaster, and he was actually a, a credible outing, and he got rewarded for it. Maybe that can get his feet back on the ground. Uh, Pirates also taking advantage of no Hugh Darvish on the mound. For San Diego, he was supposed to be the starter last night, and he was scratched due to illness. The Padres went with somebody named Reese Kinnear, who was making his fourth appearance of the season and the 21st of his career. This is where you insert a Greg Kinnear joke because he wasn't good. He didn't act like a pitcher. No. Yeah. It wasn't talk soup. It was more like poop soup up there. There you go. There's your Greg Kinnear joke. <laughs> well, he was the, Greg Kinnear was the manager in the remake of Bad News Bears, right? Yeah, the, the, that remake the should not have been done. It's okay. It wasn't great. It's okay, but the original is so good. 16,539 uh, at the yard, not including dogs, and they got it done in two hours and 42 minutes. Game two of the series tonight, and uh, what a pitching matchup it is. Blake Snell for the Padres. He's only four and six, but with a three point two two ERA. And Mitch Keller getting the ball for the Pirates, eight and three, three point four five. 
Rand, I don't know about you. I look at that Padres lineup, but I think how the f are these guys I, in an under five hundred team? I don't know. I mean, it does go go to show you. You know, you can't just throw money at a problem. It needs to be a you know, got to figure it out and hope the chemistry's right. I'm not exactly sure. They're loaded. I actually what? hate when this happens because this is Bob Nutting's argument. See, this it is, is it, even if we spent money, there's no guarantee. Mm-hmm. Might as well spend no money then. Conversely, if you're not going to spend it and you're seeing this spark out of Gonzalez and you're seeing this spark out of Henry Davis who went two for five and you don't really think you're going anywhere anyway, why not Andy Rodriguez? Throw another kid in there and let them develop together. See what happens. If you're going to go cheap, do it right. Agreed. They they still have the veterans, uh, Santana and McCutcheon and Hill, the guys to, you know, kind of stabilize it and mentor all the kids, but... Go all in. It's not like you're taking out Johnny Bench, although that probably got Austin Hedges another, uh, if he was in trouble, which I don't think he was, I probably got him another three weeks uh, getting on base three times last night. See, look. (laughs) (laughs) Game two tonight, and the series concludes Thursday afternoon. Uh, Penguins pick 14th overall in the first round of the NHL entry draft. And uh, who are they going to take? Well, we're going to have to wait and see. No track record for President of Hockey Operations, Kyle Dubas, in Pittsburgh. Uh, I was just checking uh, some mock drafts and uh, predictions, things of that nature. Between the hockey news, the hockey writers, the sporting news, Flow Hockey, NHL.com, and The Athletic, uh, there are six different names being bandied about. Uh, do they want uh, a forward? Do they want a defenseman? Dubas has also said he's not opposed to trading up to get a higher caliber player or trading back and getting a higher volume of prospects. He could even trade the pick for an existing NHL player. Just got to stay tuned. Uh, It did get my attention when he said last week that he's not expecting the 14th overall pick to be in Pittsburgh for two or three years at least. So this guy is not going to help ride the championship core off into the sunset unless they get you know, a much higher selection, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. Penguins also announcing their schedule yesterday. Uh, they're going to open up on Tuesday, October the 10th at 8 o'clock against the Chicago Blackhawks, who presumably by then will have drafted Connor Bedard first overall. Pittsburgh gets an early look at him and uh, favorable schedule for Penns fans. 44% of the home games are either on uh, a Friday night, a Saturday, or a Sunday. Love that. So that's kind of cool. People are pissed in Chicago that Connor Bedard's not opening at home. Oh, is that their opener as well? Apparently. Well, you know, he'll play. He'll play a home game eventually. Yeah, Mike uh, doing the show from home today after having a grimace shake last night. He's recovering though, from what <laughs> I understand. So that's good. <laughs> good times at the uh, ballpark. You know, it was. I was. Uh, I do this periodically. Uh, hooked up with three of my former softball teammates, and uh, we take advantage of that left field section where there are the tabletops and the stools. The best. And you got a little room, and you can get uh, a couple of pops and lie about the hits you got back in the nineteen nineties <laughs> when uh, when we were a softball playing machine, and the rain wasn't too bad. But I just I. I all the hitting, I was kind of in bizarro world for a while. Yeah, 
You were right in position to see uh, Palacios snow cone that ball and keep it from going out, huh? I was convinced he had overrun the ball. Oh, he did? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I can't believe he caught it. I, it's, it's unbelievable. And it was funny, too. Uh, Davis in uh, right field, there was a foul shot down the line, and it was clearly foul. And he chased it down into the corner, and he comes up fire, and it's like, hey, kid, calm down. It's a foul ball. Like, he's going after everything, Good. man. He's not He's not taking anything for granted. I'll take it. We need that energy. Yeah. Val's got your news coming up top of the hour. What are you talking about? What do you think the sexiest jobs are? We'll talk about them coming Mr. up. Mr. Wednesday, Jeff Conkle next on DVE. Hey, Chad Tyson, follow me on Twitter and Facebook for the latest on what's going on here at DVE. On Twitter, you'll find me at Chad Tyson, and on Facebook, it's Chad Tyson Radio. I'm always looking for your help with deep cut requests out of the archives. Plus, I've always got sports and comedy weekday afternoons right here on 102.5 DVE. Celebrate your freedom from interest this week at... That means it's time for Mr. Wednesday. Summer edition. Well, you got him. Mr. Wednesday, Jeff Conkle is here. What's going on, man? Hi, everybody. How are you? Hi. Good morning. I'm doing good. We've we've missed you. I know. I've I've been out of sorts a little. (laughs) Have you been on vacation? I've been on nothing but vacation, apparently. Wow. You know how I'm a horrible scheduler, self-promoter, everything Val's brought this up before. I can't keep a calendar. Yeah. That happens in my personal life. And I went to a family beach vacation two weeks ago, only to come back to realize that I had booked myself on a Thursday through Saturday vacation the very next week. So I had like two days to get (laughs) my crap together and then leave again. And I was having a rough time. I got like six hours of sleep over the course of two nights. That and like my familiar. one, like my one vacation mm-hmm. was just the, your standard, you know, family ham and egg, run ham, and egg <laughs> ham and egg. Uh, go down to Hilton Head, drove down there, oh, and that was awesome. that was fine. You know, people dread the drive, but it's a nice ride, though. It's uh, yeah. If you have, I, think it I is. mean, with the, the last kid, couple hours, oh, well, last yeah, South Carolina is rough, but luckily. We're not tablet people for the kids. Like we just don't let them have that period. But that's the one time that on the on anything that's going to be crossing state lines, we we amend that rule. Let them be hypnotized. And I always think like it's just proving my point, though. Right? Exactly. Like you know, people are just like my kid's not addicted to the tablet. I allowed my five year old to start playing a Sonic the Hedgehog game in Bridgeville, and he didn't stop until Charlotte. Like, didn't look up, didn't pee, didn't have a sip of water. Like, he was like, he was like a raisin by the time we were done. He was poop socking on his way down the hill. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, that vacation was relatively, I mean, those family vacations are relatively uneventful, especially when you have kids that that young the only thing that happened was that we helped a lost kid on the beach oh and so we were my wife and i were literally like Mm. an like an hour before this happened we were saying like we sort of feel like piece of crap because we haven't been doing anything and then this kid starts wandering around he's lost on the beach so you know we get comfort him go help him out with the lifeguard like maybe 10 minutes goes by his parents Mm. picks him up so we sit back down and i go man that that should adjust our our karma right there and she Mm -hmm. she goes no, we don't get any points for that. She goes, there is no 
other option for responsible adult? Like, what is the other option that you have <laughs> as a responsible yeah. adult? Like, look at a crying kid and just be like, guess you should have memorized where your parents' umbrella was, you loser. Like, there's no way to do that. <laughs> so then we come back from the beach vacation, and this is the other, I think I told you guys about this, we do this now every year, is that nine or, or ten of my grade school friends all go down to this lake in North Carolina. So I go back from South Carolina Two days later, I got to go back, drive back down to North Carolina. That's a lot. And so, well, I had, I, I basically told them, I was like, at the last minute, like the night before we were supposed to leave, I was like, I can't do it. I'm, I'm too, I'm too out of sorts. I can't do it. And you would have thought that it it was like a suicide note. Like I, I got like six phone calls from people being like, you can't not go. You cannot not go. Like (laughs) trying to talk me into it. I had a guy show up in my driveway. My, one of my buddies pulled up in my driveway. Like just doing a wellness check. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He was like that. Standing outside with a boom box over his head. Well, so what I did, what I determined was that, you know, there was nine of us going and they were all, uh, I think this is my theory, a little, a little nervous that, in any group, there's the, a couple people play roles, and one of my I, like in, in this group of nine, there's three fun guys, there's three responsible people, and then there's three people who leave early so they can avoid cleaning up. Like that's mm. the three group, oh, <laughs> that's the three man. groups of people. And I was a fun person, I think. So they were all worried. Oh no, we're gonna lose the fun Everything person. Just get balance. stuck with these people who don't clean up. Right. Yeah. So that was, I, I don't know. Yeah, that was, you could really tip the scales there. Yeah, but it's, imp- I like, I just like being with my, like, grade school friends because you don't have those relationships anymore. Like, it was nothing but brutal honesty the entire weekend. Yeah. Like, we were all tuned up on Friday, and several of my friends have become not quite morbidly obese, but damn close to being morbidly obese. And my one uh, friend was all drunk, and he's looking around the room. <laughs> he's just, he has sort of like my build, and he just goes, guys. You are effing fat. Just like as blunt as humanly possible. He's oh, like, you guys need to do some sit-ups or something. And I, it was coming <laughs> from... Turned yeah. into a boot camp. Yeah, exactly. We were doing Tybo <laughs> right afterwards. But he, I just thought it was sort of like as abrupt as it was. It's also kind of nice to have somebody who actually has your full interests out for you. And it's just like, I care about you. And I'm not willing to sugarcoat anything. There's no pretension. Like, I want you around for a long time. I, I 100% agree with you. And I've caught crap for this because I have taken pictures of my fat friends and then send them to them. Just, <laughs> just to like, this is what you look like. I'm <laughs> 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 just letting you know. Maybe... Put the put put the dessert down. Maybe don't get some late night. Maybe do what you can to go in the other direction. Well, for a I little think bit. at this point I'm going to bring a couple spare CPAP machines next time because oh, it was yeah. just nothing but uh. cavernous <laughs> snoring the 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 whole the whole the whole so time. So this was something that was going around on the. Uh, I'll tell you, I don't know how much longer I am for Twitter, and I know people say that all the time, but nah. I really think I'm getting to that point where boy, it's the way it's working now. It's really. Not fun. But uh, one of the arguments that I didn't want to see, but it kept getting thrown at me yesterday, was how men and women deal with this sort of like interaction when it's just men. Men are fine being openly critical with each other to the point of being cruel. Cruel. And women, not necessarily quite as abrasive with one a another. More delicate. A little more delicate. And They'll when have more sidebars. You have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> men, oh, yeah. So many more sidebars. It was about academia, though. And it was like how they're saying, you know, there's a lot of complaints about academia being misogynistic. And the argument was this guy was trying to claim, like, yeah, that's because that's just how guys talk to each other and women don't like seeing it. But that, like, it shouldn't apply to just academia. Any place where there's men and women, that'll come into play. I mean, I think you see a little bit of it in our in our morning show meetings. I mean, nobody's cruel to you ever, Val. We are 
mean to one another. <laughs> nobody's, oh, so you, nobody's mean but, to Amy, but we yeah. will be. Val's probably like, yeah, well, you guys think that. Val's probably <laughs> like, cruel, no. Crude, all the time. Yeah, crude, all crude. The time. crude, yes. Yeah, but we're not misogynistic. No, I don't think so. No. no. Mm-hmm. We're just. I'd have to look it up again. But. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there was there was an and interaction last week between two of two, not nobody in this room. There was just I was laughing so hard inside just at the tone of voice, like "Oh, give me a break!" You like pointing and like shut up, and just, dude. Like you know. I used to at my old roommate in college. He, I roomed with him for two years at Penn State. We were so comfortable with each other. We would tell each other like loudly at parties, like "Shut the hell up!" Like in that tone. Oh yeah, and so mm-hmm. people would start like. Like parting Breaking the seas, like like be like, uh oh, it's gonna be a fight, and we were like, no, that's just how we talk to to right. each other. <laughs> like that's just how we say. I'm convinced if I hadn't grown up with all brothers, I never would have lasted on the show as long as we I wouldn't had. have been happy. I mean, I just it's way better. I've now. been around boys my whole life. You yeah, know? but it's way better now. Oh yes, yeah. Like I would say the first ten years you were working here. <laughs> You know, that just that decade. Maybe 15. Just that decade and a half. It mm. was true. <laughs> I would like to point out that I, I was not the crudest one in the room, though. I, I I mean, I would indulge the other people who were being very lewd. But right, I had a job right when I got here, things cleaned up, didn't they, Val? Well, that's... Okay. Yeah, yeah, but see, that's that. the other All thing right. is that guys it's, love egging on bad behavior like yes. that like I, my my one friend's <laughs> wife uh was uh was was saying like <laughs> he, my one friend is just sort of going down like conspiracy theory rabbit holes sure. a lot and my one my, my his wife was con- saying that to my wife she's like hey if, if jeff gets a chance pull get him to pull him back a little bit and i was like oh no now i'm now i'm going to introduce like what did happen to tower seven like you know that's all i'm going <laughs> to yeah. do the rest of the time just trying to get him to go further down yeah. the rabbit hole yeah maybe towards his own destruction but it's funny was are it- they making the frogs gay let's find <laughs> out this weekend was well, it in the last week's meeting that people were throwing the sea bomb around whoa no uh, it must have been the week before was that. it me Mm, I don't remember. I usually use the T word instead of the C word. I find it more <laughs> a softer, a softer Somebody blow. Somebody was using. You know what's yeah, funny? I definitely think that I used it. I I used to like, work wow, in human okay. resources for a, a big company, and you would think that you know the the, the you know uh, M O on human resources. Oh, they're no fun. They don't let you talk like it. Wait until you got us behind closed doors. It was the foulest mouth, dirtiest <laughs> drinking group that I've ever seen in my entire life. Well, so. Yeah. Because there's nobody here to see us. Yeah, I know. Who's going right. to report you? Who will watch The Watchmen? Uh, are you sticking around for a bit? Yeah. All right. We're going to do a quick break. We'll come back. Val will have your news. We'll talk about the sexiest jobs. Mike Pursuit, uh, are, are we doing Mike's read here? No, he's, uh, he's got to dip in. He's he... not paying attention. <laughs> no. Okay. He's not listening. All right. Uh, uh, news coming up next. Huh? <laughs> what? Huh? Oh, 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 oh. It's right. news time. Still not. Nope. All right. Oh. Forget it. All right. Great radio. <laughs> Move on. Okay. <laughs> News next. TV. Music that's time-tested and listener-approved. Hey, I'm enjoying the day, enjoying the music. Your requests are on the Electric Lunch at Noon with Michelle Michaels on DVE. It's Randy from the DVE Morning Show. Have you ever noticed how many law firms come and go? One minute, they're all trying to help. The next, gone. 
There is one firm that's been around for over 40 years. My friends at Edgar Snyder and Associates. And in that time, they've recovered more than $1 billion for injured people. So if you've been hurt in an accident, call Edgar Snyder and Associates at 1-800-94-EDGAR or online at edgarsnyder.com. That's edgarsnyder.com. Remember, there's never a fee unless they get money for you. Drive away with a great deal on a new car from Mike Kelly Mitsubishi. Buy a 2023 Mitsubishi Mirage G4 L. Pittsburgh. At what point did it occur to this guy that he should have never been on this show and it has only done colossal damage? Not only did everyone see him naked, you know, which whatever, his genitals are blurred out, but like, you know. You're Physically wa- and emotionally naked. He laid himself bare and it what it had to be the most embarrassing thing. I mean, they got to see both sides of him. It was the quickest tap out of any show that I've ever seen. The guy like touted what a tough guy he was and a day and a half, like so noon on day two. He was like, I just want to go. He was crying. He drank <laughs> urine on day one. This guy is faking it. Man. He drank urine. Nobody is that desperate you after don't the first have to. day. Didn't he bring a bottle of water? <laughs> it's like the people, like, you're delayed on a plane for an hour and you start eating the other passengers. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't, we're really not at that point yet, dude. <laughs> we're taxiing. Yeah. <laughs> Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. I love Naked and Afraid. I just don't know how I would stop from being sexually aroused by 80% of the women that they put on that show. Well, well you'd probably, be afraid. Yeah, you're in fear. <laughs> you're going to get eaten or step on you know? something. They, I, they I, were in a snake-filled land. I was going to say, I also think you're maybe overestimating your drive. You know, the, the female body is a beautiful thing. The female body riddled with poison sumac is not a beautiful thing. <laughs> that too, I don't know. It, it just seems to me like I don't understand what the purpose of that TV show, the, like the naked part, like... So are they all the way naked, or do they have, like, jeans on? No, they don't have shoes on. (laughs) Dude, they are naked. Because I can't deal with, like, somebody who's totally naked wearing shoes. And I don't know why, but it's the goofiest looking thing. (laughs) Well, because they can make more of a lunge at you. You know what I mean? They've got traction. It just Mm -hmm. seems more dangerous at that point. Like, if you see a guy walking downtown, and he's nude, and he doesn't have shoes, you're like, yeah. oh, maniac. If he does have shoes, you're like, we, we got to right, go we, to we, the yeah. other side. He, he can chase us. to do this. Yeah. <laughs> this was in the plan. <laughs> <laughs> he was leaving the door and thought, oh, my shoes. Do you think he would do good at one of those shows? Alive or no. Naked and Afraid no. or any of those no. out in the wilderness? Uh, a trillion you talk about tapping out i'd get there and say oh um, that's good for me i'm set i I wouldn't make it past production i think i i would do (laughs) better than the average person (laughs) and 99 percent worse than anybody that they get on that show like anybody who i would never do as well as anybody on any of those shows what's alone that's the other one that's the other one dude alone is at least with naked and afraid you have somebody there like yes. that alone stuff. Like I remember when that was starting to get popular. There, they I think they got spurred out of like a couple documentaries where there was like one guy that lived up in a like a section of Alaskan protected game land or something like that. He somehow found some loophole that he was the only person that was allowed to live on it or something like that. But he met an Inuit woman and they started like a small family. Like it was just him and this 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 his wife basically. And they were interviewing him. They were like, "Well, have you ever done it totally by yourself?" And he's like, "Yes." And they were like, how long did you last? He's like, eight months. And they're like, oh. what happened? He's like, a man's not supposed to be completely by himself for that long. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And these are like tough. 
these are tough people. And, and and I, that's what I always say. I was like, you know, you can take away food, food, water, and everything like that. I mean, those are obviously your needs. But the one right after all those three biological needs is people. Like, Connection. you must have people. After. Think about solitary confinement. They, what they tell you in prison as your worst punishment is we're going to seclude you from rapists and murderers. And yeah. you're like, no, please don't. don't. Did you see the quotes from Robert Downey Jr. about his time in jail recently, by the way? Yes. He said, basically, he's talked about like there was evil in the air. Mm-hmm. And you, you could, could feel, feel it. You could feel it. Um, but he said the only defense you have in that situation is a willingness to do harm. And he said, and if you don't have a willingness to do harm and you fake a willingness to do harm, that gets sniffed out. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. That you have to actually be willing to do some terrible things to people and then you might get left alone. So I wonder, like, with Robert Downey Jr., did was he a big enough star at the time? He was a pretty big star. Yeah, but not, but he, he's not, not like, he's not like, like now. He was an Iron Man. But did people know him in jail? That, But see, oh, that bet, might be yeah. worse for you. If you're like a B plus level Hollywood actor. I think you get if you're Iron Man, people probably love you, and maybe you're just like, "Don't screw with Iron Man. Right, right. Don't screw with Iron Man." Like if my kids find out that Iron Man got shanked on my watch, like I'll never hear the end of it. Yeah, but murderers aren't gonna be like, "Do you see this dude's spot on Ali McBeal?" <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Don't mess with him. Yo, he was incredible in Chaplin. Dude, I loved you in Weird Science. <laughs> Right. <laughs> he was Chaplin. He did amazing things as His the silent clown. Was incredible. Uh, Val, what do you got going on over there? Eight minutes after seven at DVE, here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast. Hazy, smoky sky today. That code red air quality alert. Limit your time outside today. Temperatures will push into the 70s this Amen. afternoon. I'm Scott Harbaugh in Severe Weather Center 11. 61 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Keystone Basement Systems. Highest rated, most trusted. KeystoneBasementSystems.com Well, travelers are having to deal with issues at airports once again due to severe weather. According to FlightAware, over 7,100 flights were delayed within into or out of the U.S. yesterday. Over 2,000 flights were canceled. Airports in the Northeast are dealing with the most issues. LaGuardia canceled over 40% of its outgoing flights. Newark Liberty International canceled almost 40% of its inbound flights. This comes as over 40 million people in the Central Plains and Northeast are in the path of potential severe storms. I've read so many Twitter accounts from entertainers who got stuck at Newark. Eight Nine hours mm. oh, overnight. I saw some woman tweeting, live tweeting. I don't know what she was doing. It was on the news last night. She said that there was a woman behind her in line that had been told to plan on being there until Saturday. For a week? Come I, on. I don't know how that's possible. Well, like, get a car and drive, drive to where think, yeah. Unless you're but, going but to every, London Think about that. Everybody's the, trying that's to That's what do I mean. That. Like, everybody, the minute that there's a delay, probably everybody that was just like flying across the state would just be like, nah, yeah. I'm just going to take a car. That's when they should have to, like, get, when you're talking to something, date, <laughs> they, they should have to get a bus and bus you to Philadelphia. Some, yeah. you know, somewhere where you can Ugh. fly. Yeah, I'd rather stay out. in LaGuardia until Saturday. Thank you. Well, <laughs> LaGuardia is nice now, but Newark is, man, Newark is a zoo. I had to fly out. New, of, New York sucks. I had to fly out of LaGuardia once at like four thirty in the morning. There were people fighting in line. Oh yeah, four thirty packed. Oh yeah, and I'm like, this must. This is New York. Yeah. <laughs> well, LaGuardia. 
I mean, they have done a multi-million dollar revamp of that place, and it is super, There's some really nice parts of LaGuardia. Super nice now. now. Where it used to be, I actually admired how much of a dump it was back in the day. Like, you knew what you were getting. Like, mm-hmm. hey, this is a bus stop, and that's totally fine, you know? But now it's really nice. Newark is a maze of confusion, yep. disappointment, and anger, and so many people are getting screwed that the vibe when you go in there is not unlike what Robert Downey Jr. described jail to be. <laughs> You have to have a willingness to hurt someone. To do harm. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) An Armstrong County bartender who recently hit it big in a Pennsylvania lottery game says she has no intention of retiring. Trisha St. John purchased a Game of Life scratch-off ticket at a Leechburg Giant Eagle and won $1,000 a week for the rest of her life. The 50-year-old was given the choice of taking a million bucks or the weekly prize. She chose that weekly prize. St. John says she plans on using some of her winnings to take her daughter to Disney World. And Pittsburgh resident Chris Ban is the newest Jeopardy! champion. Wow. As an oral and facial yeah. surgeon came from behind in final Jeopardy last night to claim victory. He collected 13 grand for his efforts, and he will be on the show again tonight to defend his title. So what financial information might you be hiding from your significant other? A number of Americans are hiding credit card debt from their partners. A survey... That's, that's <laughs> rough. Yeah, do you... You're talking about the precarious situation. A survey by NerdWallet found two in five Americans think credit card debt is embarrassing and have lied about other finances. Uh, the national credit card balance is about a trillion dollars and interest rates are topping 20 <laughs> percent. Researchers say younger Americans are more likely to keep financial secrets from a partner. Yeah, I, I don't know how you do that. How, how do you live I, like that? I don't know. And maybe People it's do. just because my wife has beaten the secrets out of me. Like, I can't have... She has sniffed out any modicum of a secret life that I've ever had. So that I don't even try anymore. So I don't know how people get away with it. How? Yeah, because it, it's kind of like a good... A good wife is kind of like Coach Tomlin. Like, eventually <laughs> you find yourself saying Tomlinisms. Yeah, right. Like, you have her in your head. Yes. If you're making a dumb purchase, you're like, I'm going to have to justify this. My wife, my <laughs> wife is like uh, Robert De Niro in Goodfellas. Like, I come in with a mink coat, and she's like, what are you doing? What are you, what, what are you doing? No, no, no. Take, take that it back. back. Take that back. <laughs> take it back right now. <laughs> well, you parents will want to hear this. Meta rolling out new parental supervision tools on Instagram, Facebook, and Messenger. Parents will now be able to see how much time their teenager spends on Messenger and also view updates to their contacts list. They'll also be able to control who is able to message their kid on the app. On Instagram, Meta will now require users who want to message someone who doesn't follow them to send an invite that will have to be accepted by the recipient. Meta will also nudge teenagers towards taking a break from Facebook by alerting them when they have spent 20 minutes on the app. They also released three tools that allow teenagers to subvert all of those protocols immediately. So nice job. There's, there's no, every time I've ever heard of like parental controls, the kids find some kind of weird. Oh, yeah. My, these, these parents that I know, they said that we straight up took like TikTok off of their phone and they said their son found a way to add like an icon that said like quick math or something like that and just put TikTok back on it, use that as the icon. So they never even knew that it was on there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, and, they, like if you have app limits, like I've talked about this yeah. on the show, they go to TikTok.com on Safari. There's no such thing. And it's thing. not an app. It doesn't register it. Yeah. 
You can't so, register Safari as an app on the iPhone. Well, Safari you can, you can but then you're limiting their entire web browsing, which I guess yeah, is right. possible. But yeah, lo- so losing the, the, battle. It's, it's a losing battle. It's set up to be a losing battle. You do a better job than most people in really trying to curb that. I yeah, mean, but it, now I'm the phone cop. So what? That's I mean, and that's it's, being a dad. It sucks. Well, you know, and the, as much as I have like not complained, but just sort of wondered how parents have adjusted to this new schedule for sports, for youth sports, which oh, is yeah. nothing. All weekend. Oh. Traveling. Yeah. Nonstop. Yeah. And my brother is in the thick of it now. My sister is one more year of nonstop travel and she'll be done with it. My, you know, one of my brothers, both of his daughters have graduated, but he did it forever. And it's just so much more intense than what I knew sports to be when I was growing oh, up. Oh, it was nowhere near but, what know, it is I now. Something that my uh, sister-in-law said to me this weekend, I went to my, my nephew's Little League games, and she goes, dude, they're not on the their phones. They're not on their pat. Oh, they're hanging gosh, out. Yeah. They're socializing. She's like, whatever. She's like, today, there's two games yeah. today. That's eight hours. I know he won't be on the computer. Yeah, that's that's a good point. It yeah. seems like a, a like roasting a marshmallow with a nuclear bomb there have to be other easier ways to do that <laughs> well i guess it wasn't the prime reason right, for doing it. in order for me to get these kids off the phone i have to drive to north carolina <laughs> for the weekend yeah. for a tournament but i think it was just a nice byproduct of it you know yeah, it's just sure. like it's helping them socialize before we had socialization oh, in every definitely. other aspect of our lives they don't well you know why because like nobody can just get together for a pickup game anymore like yeah. we have one of my son's friends mom texted like a bunch of the moms and me of course because I'm on that list on plugged in. I'm plugged in and it was just like hey I'm going to try to organize a wiffle ball game between the kids I was like these are third graders like just shove them outside and tell them to go meet at the stop sign like that's that's mm-hmm. but nobody can do that like it's physically impossible because you know, uh, Aiden has uh, piano lessons and blah, blah. Like, there's just too many yeah, scheduling errors. Yeah, overscheduled. We, when I came back from my like like short like three day vacation, my kids had gone on a whirlwind. Like, they had they went to the pool when I was away. They had a sleepover with where their cousins watched them. Then they went to another cousin's birthday party. Then they went to their uh, grandparents' house and slept over. Then they went to the pool again when I came back the next day. And my older son, who's very well behaved, was like all out of sorts, like kind of being rude and a jerk. And so he went to bed all silent. And I went in there. I was like, what's wrong? And he, he just started rubbing his face. And he goes, it's just a lot. <laughs> I was just like, you, you had too much scheduled oh, this week man. is what happened. Like yeah. he didn't have any time to like sit and play with his Spider-Man action figures right. and just like let his thoughts yeah. spin out. Like it was just go, 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 yeah. go, go. And when you've tired an eight-year-old out to the point where they're like, I can't have fun anymore. <laughs> yeah. like, like, all right, all right, all right, fine, I haven't fine. even gotten to take my shoes off today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my Crocs smell horrible. <laughs> Toddlering is hard. Yeah. <laughs> it is, man. We've overscheduled these Way. kids. I mean, it was an insecurity to begin with that we overcorrected to yeah. such a dramatic extent that now... Every single minute of every day is accounted for. My kids every day. What do you What do you have planned for us? What's yeah. going on? What do you What you book for us? Well, that my kids are in summer. God. My kids are in summer camp right now, which is just all outdoor camp. There's no educational things happening whatsoever. Awesome. It's just literally like well, playing soccer I, and stuff all day. So like that, they do that. Well, Maybe not academic, but there's some education. yeah. But you know what? The, the, at like their age, at so school. The, so I had my the, I, my once my older son's been in it forever, and 
you know, we were sort of like, well, there's, you know, should we do some supplemental like math stuff or something like that? No. And I was like, nah, just let it ride. And you know what? The first day of his first grade when he had gone to camp this, the prior summer, he knew like 16 people in his class because they were all at camp. Mm-hmm. And immediately he had 16 friends. I was yeah. like, making friends is, is way more, yes. the ability to make friends in life is a trillion times more important than anything you're going to learn at like a coding camp or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Believe me. Also, I was reading something last night where this book was saying, basically, you have to protect your boredom. We are yeah, so overstimulated mm-hmm. that just being alone, being by oh, yourself, not having hurts, a million little things stimulating you is good. Yeah. But it's, it hurt like it right hurts. now it hurts. Oh yeah, it hurts because you're not used to it. When my kids are bored, it's like it's like you know when Tinkerbell is losing her life force and you have to clap to get her back. Like that's what it's like. Like you, you can see their light fading. Like the yeah. minute that, that they start to get bored, like their light just starts flickering. Consider though, this is not a new problem. No, in the 1600s, famed philosopher Blaise Pascal has a famous quote. All of humanity's problems, 1600s, mm-hmm. all of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's crazy that yeah. that's that long ago. Yeah, that's, do you ever wonder, like, what the hell went on in a day? Uh, what were they doing? And I'll tell you what, they <laughs> were probably... that's all you did. And this they is were, like uh, back uh, when people uh, were dying because they saw a donkey <laughs> eat a fig and thought it was the funniest thing in the yeah. world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what they were doing from from the hours of six a.m. to seven p.m. They were just toiling. That, that's all. That's all there was to do is toil. Do you think they'd welcome yes. sitting alone in a room in the yeah, sixteen? No way, Mr. Wednesday. Jeff Cockles hanging out with us. What do you got going on? I'm at the Squirrel Hill Sports Bar on July twentieth. Oh, man, well, it's a mean, fun room. Bring three buckets. Bill just did that room this oh, past yeah. weekend. Really fun. Yeah, and, it sounds and it fun. used to be PD's pub. Yeah. Where the it training all grounds. started for Jeff and I back in the day. <laughs> we used to have a, it was called Monday Night Madness. Monday I Night think. Madness. Yeah. That's how hungry I was, is I would drive from the South Hills to Squirrel Hill just to get my ass handed to me at an open mic. Oh my mic. God. That open mic was absolutely brutal. It was like Nunzio's knuckle room. Yeah. I heard many stories about that back And there the would day. be, you know, seven people at the bar that was 50 feet away from the stage with their back to the stage, yeah. not even paying attention to the show. And they would be, you know, on pills and talking about nine eleven. <laughs> and we're up there trying to you talk know, about pills and nine eleven. But there was a pool table in front of the stage. There was a bowling alley Dude, above the stage. <laughs> maybe one of the the roughest ever was when some, but like you'd be doing an open mic and someone would just put three quarters in the pool table and just that unmistakable. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, you're doing this right now in front of me. You're going to play a little nine ball. Come on, buddy. Um, yeah, that was brutal. All right. It's, by the way, one uh, one professor in England has come up with a name for the condition that we are ta- we were all talking about previous. Humania. Where, you're, where boredom is an existential pain to you. The, the urge to immerse, uh, immerse our attention in external things is so extinctive that we are scarcely aware of it. And basically, it's like we can't deal with our own thoughts. Yeah. So subconsciously, we are constantly booking ourselves. Wasn't well, that an old Nick, Norm MacDonald thing? They, 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 he said he went to a psychiatrist and was like, they're like, well, you're gambling because you don't want to think about, you know, you, you want to distract yourself from, from life. And he yeah. goes, 
Isn't that the reason you do everything yeah. <laughs> like in life is to distract yourself from yeah. what's going on? Um, Mike the pers- conveyor belt taking you into the abyss. Yeah. <laughs> That's why staring into the void. Yeah. Is uh, what's it oh, called? The, the call, call of the, the call of the um, the call of the void. The call of the void. When you're standing about like on a, <laughs> on a, on a, when you're yeah. standing on a crevice of a you're like, like wait a minute I don't want to jump right and you're I like why did I just think I don't want to jump every time I walk across a bridge I think of the call of the void mm-hmm. it's a crevasse not a crevice right I mean a crevice is <laughs> a crevice is something they, you get at a French bakery <laughs> some of those crevices are crevasses <laughs> well, look, if you're looking for a distraction Mike's got some for you. Randall, uh, people that were with us yesterday might remember I was talking about the Padres-Pirates game, and I liked the Padres because Hugh Darvish was pitching, and I liked Darvish to go over four and a half strikeouts because he was pitching against the Pirates. Well, a little curveball gets thrown into the mix. I get to the yard, and lo and behold, Hugh Darvish isn't pitching. He's scratched, illness. Uh, Reese Kinnear, I don't know who this guy is, so I do a little quick research on my phone. Check the Bet Park Sportsbook and Casino app. The Pirates are still plus 120. They're still home underdogs against a guy who's hardly pitched in the big leagues. So what do you do? You pivot. These are the options you have with the Bet Park Sportsbook and Casino app. If the play you wanted to play isn't available, there are many more. All you got to do is download the app to take advantage. It's just one reason why the Bet Parks Sportsbook and Casino app is the only one that I recommend. Uh, get in the game. Get on board. Uh, get there with Bet Parks must be 21 and in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, or Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. The DVE Comedy Festival is almost here the weekend of July 15th. Mike Pursuit has got our sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. What's up, Mike? Sports is brought to you by Bridgeville Appliance. Nine runs and 16 hits for the Pirates last night in their resounding 9-4 victory over the Padres. The offense has been uh, MIA for a long time, but uh, it returned in abundance last night. And uh, as luck would have it, the offense returned on a night in which a homestand began after an off day and uh, in a game that began after Derek Shelton did his normal pregame meeting with uh, some of the regular Pirates media and talked about his hitting coach, Andy Haynes. Andy Haynes has been under fire. Uh, not just on this show. seems like everybody's had enough with him. Everybody's bitching about him, complaining about him, wondering when he's going to get fired. Here's what uh, Shelton had to say uh, about Andy Haynes last night, according to Jason Mackey of the Post-Gazette. Andy Haynes is a good hitting coach. When you have young hitters, you have to look at different ways to go about how you get out of certain situations. We are fully exploring that. Uh, a little bit more from Shelton. One of the things I appreciate the most about Andy Haynes is his positivity. Being positive when you're a hitting coach is hard. It's really hard. And again, if anybody knows that from personal experience, it's me. Of course, Shelton, a former hitting coach, and uh, he likes his guy. At least he's not willing to hang his guy out to drive publicly. But uh, one of the guys I wanted to take a look at uh, in regard to Andy Haynes is Jack Sawinski. Sawinski hit one of three Pirates home runs last night. He went into the game last night on an 0-for-29 slide. In his last 13 games, including the home run last night, Sawinski's 3-for-35. All three of his hits are home runs. He's walked seven times and struck out 14 times. Now, this is a kid that has 35 career home runs 
in 533 career bats. Not a ton of at bats at the start of his career, and he's already demonstrated the ability to hit the ball out of the park. Does it have to be all or nothing? And is that what they're coaching him to do? Or in trying to make him a more well-rounded hitter and a guy who gets more contact more often, is it just not sinking in? Are the corrections not just being made? Either way, I think there's a problem there because I think Jackson Winsky is the type, type of player you're trying to build this team with. And he shouldn't just be strikeout, strikeout, strikeout. Can't ever get a hit against a left-hander. Forget about it. Oh, every once in a while he hits the ball way out of the ballpark. So where's the progress with Jackson Winsky? Where is the effect of the good hitting coach? Agreed. And when will it be here? I mean, you hope by the end of the season. I mean, I remember Derek Shelton talking at the beginning of the year about how annoying he used to find Andrew McCutcheon because every at-bat, he was fouling it off, fouling it off, going deep, making a pitcher throw 10 pitches. And now he's like, now I appreciate it, and I hope that that... By osmosis, these younger guys are watching him. But if you watch some of these young guys at bat, it's 0-2 instantly. Yeah. I mean, Swinsky came up against the lefty late in the game last night. And uh, I was with three of my buddies. We established the over-under on whether he would make contact with a baseball at over a half a pitch. <laughs> and he ended up fouling off one ball on, a, on an at-bat that went to a 3-2 count. And ended up striking out, of course, because it was a left-handed pitcher. Against lefties this season, he's hitting 173 with no home runs and four RBI. Against righties, he's hitting 232, 16 home runs, 32 RBI. Wow. I get I get lefty on lefty is a touch is a tough matchup. Should it be this impossible? And this didn't just happen a month ago. I mean, this was a problem last year. They've presumably been working on this for a long time. I mean, this is what I, this is what I think about when I think about whether they should get a different hitting coach. Yeah, and I think they should. I, I, I think there's no question. Also, as Caboli pointed out last night, Austin Hedges is not a young hitter. No. So when Sheldon says we got a lot of young hitters, it's like, well, actually, that old dude is way below the Mendoza line. I get he is who he is. You know, they're playing him. They know they know what they bought. Uh, I don't think the hitting coach is having a profound effect on Andrew McCutcheon at this stage of the game. I don't think he's having a profound effect on Carlos Santana at this stage of the no. game. But do you want uh, Nick Gonzalez and uh, Davis and if Andy Rodriguez ever gets here, is this the guy you want starting to mentor these guys at the start of their careers, guys who you've got a lot invested in and you're going to count on getting a lot from eventually? No, this sounds like a movie where you got to go get the hitting coach that thought he was retired, the best in the game at one point. And then somebody goes to recruit him and tells him all the batting averages of the guys on the team. I don't even think I could help these kids. Maybe not. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not looking at this from uh, here's where they rank in team batting average and run scored and all. I'm looking at it on a case-by-case basis. And the guys I think he really needs to help, Sawinski's the poster child, not helping him. Kid's good enough to play center field and hit the ball out of the park. He should be a more consistent player. Agreed. He, totally he agree. Maybe last night get, gets him going again. Uh, great matchup for game two tonight. Uh, Blake Snell against Mitch Keller. Uh, the series concludes Thursday afternoon at PNC Park. Joe Musgrove against Luis Ortiz. Penguins are picking 14th. 
tonight in the uh, first round of the NHL draft. Uh, all options on the table. Uh, if you heard what uh, Kyle Dubas, uh, the new president of Hockey Ops, had to say locally last week, and if you read the speculation uh, across North America about what they might do with this pick, uh, Dubas has said that he doesn't expect pick 14 to make an NHL impact for two or three years at least. So the question is, do they stay at 14? Do they move up and get a higher profile guy who might get here quicker? Or do they move down and uh, get more picks for moving down and have more of a volume of prospects that are going to presumably arrive about the time Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and Chris Letang are leaving? Uh, It's a two-pronged approach for the Pens, just as it was in the Ron Hextall era. They want to win now, but they also want to secure the future. Tonight and tomorrow will be about securing the future. Unless... Maybe you get a goalie with that 14th pick. Maybe somebody wants it, and you can get an NHL player out of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can, you know, if the guy's young enough, you can maybe address uh, both of those challenges. It's going to be really interesting to see what Kyle Dubas has got in mind. And, uh, you know, the physical characteristics he's looking for and his philosophy in building a team, that's going to start to get revealed tonight. Uh, The Penn schedule for 23-24 Uh, released and revealed yesterday. The opener is Tuesday, October the 10th against, presumably, Connor Bedard and the Chicago Blackhawks. I don't think the Blackhawks could screw this up. I mean, they're going to take them, right? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, that's going to happen. What do you think you would get if you dangled that as a trade bait kind of deal? I'd have to get a whole team. Would it be the uh, Quebec to Eddie Johnston? We'll give you every one of our picks for Mario Lemieux. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Eddie didn't take it then. I wouldn't take it now. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see how uh, Dubas operates tonight. I hope he opts for some size because there's a couple guys, one in particular that's really highly regarded as a forward who's 5'9", 160. Please don't take that guy. Yeah, we, we got enough of those. Mike, proceeded with your sports. Fowl's got news coming up top of the hour. What are you going to be talking about? Food hacks that are worth the effort. We're going to be broadcasting live from Kennywood this Friday morning. The 15 sets of winners will be with us as we ride rides before they open it up to the general public. Uh, and hopefully the smoke will be all cleared up by then. Boy, it's smoky as hell out there. I mean, it smells like fire outside right now. This got is a big fire pit going outside. It's totally bizarre. So hopefully I'll be uh, worshed out by then. Friday morning. We'll be broadcasting live from Kennywood right here on DVE. The hard work pays off. I've been trying to do that contest forever. (laughs) It's the DVE Morning Show. Randy Bauman along with Bill Crawford, Val Porter, Mike Persuda, Jacob Recht, our producer. Elon Musk's dad is... He's not happy about the fight with Zuckerberg. Now that I guess his mom put a stop to the fight. Elon's mom. <laughs> My mom won't let me. My mommy said I can't fight you. Yeah. So they're not going to fight now. It started as a joke, but then Dana White, of course, got involved, and then both those guys were like, "I guess no, I'll I'll actually fight." Um, what about Zuckerberg's mommy and daddy? I don't think he has the. Uh, I think they're Borgs. Yeah. I'm not sure that they're actually. Yeah like sentient persons his dad um, is like neck 
Netscape. His mom is Windows yeah. 95. <laughs> Basically, something like that. Because <laughs> his mom was like, no, you're not allowed. And then his dad, his dad is not an, uh, a good guy, by the way. Didn't, didn't his dad impregnate? Who? Elon's dad? Yeah, he impregnated his stepdaughter. Because they're all about, like, spread your seed. They just want a Johnny Appleseed. That's their whole thing. They're like, just have a bunch of kids and worry about the consequences later. And, like, one of Elon's daughters won't talk to him. And someone asked him about it. He's like, hey, can't win them all. That's going to turn out good. Uh, His dad, Errol, 77, said, the thing is, if this crazy fight goes ahead, if Elon beats this guy, Elon will be called a bully, being so much heavier and taller. Well, if he loses, the humiliation would be total. It's a no-win situation. His dad isn't wrong. He said, I think Elon has got himself into a (laughs) difficult situation as a result of high school behavior. They both have. Yeah. All right. Yeah, because they're both man boys. Someone uh, from Bloomberg asked Musk about the fight, and they said, have you thought about the prospect that this fight could go badly, i.e. Zuckerberg could kick your ass? And he said, yeah, that's possible. So now it's not going to happen. I don't know. Uh, Rolling Stone headline, I did not read the whole article, but said Elon Musk's dad has a secret second kid with stepdaughter. Uh, Oh, there you go. A secret second kid. Well, if everybody knows about it, (laughs) is it a secret? Does that mean he has a first kid with her and there's another one? Yeah, yeah. that's a nice family. So um, here's something that we got. (laughs) to Thanksgiving at the Musk family is just kind of weird. Yeah, Grimes is in one corner and there's a uh-huh. kid with like serial numbers for a name <laughs> sitting in a high chair. Isn't that isn't that their their kid's name is like A-O-R I, I don't know. I think People so. People are weird. Oh, yeah. They are weird. Hold on. Grimes kid name. Yeah, uh, his kid is like a password. Uh <laughs> Exa, Capital G. Exa Dark said Sidrael Musk. <laughs> Exa Dark said a, but it goes X A E A twelve. Yeah, that's the name of the kid. So when you're filling out, you know, graduation cards, get it right. Make sure you get it right. Can't really get one of those fun kid license plates for your kid <laughs> for the back the of the beach. bike. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's not a seashell with X or Dexa. They don't have one of those no. in Rehoboth. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh, so here's the other thing, folks, and we've been talking a lot about concert season because it is in full swing, and we want to remind you that uh, you may, in fact, have forgotten how to behave, even though you don't think you have. You might have forgotten how to behave. Uh, case in point, there have been a rash of incidents at live performances lately that are bewildering bewildering the first is um bb rexa is that how you say her name yeah okay um she's on stage i don't know too much about about bb um this is this is how little i knew about her i only knew what she looked like because she this happened well no idea who she was you saw her get struck in the head a fan threw their phone at her and it hit her in the face while she was performing live in the face the fans uh explanation was that he thought it would be funny okay not funny she got blown up like yeah phones phones are heavy yeah especially if you fling them you hurl one at somebody's and it hit her right in the eye her eyes all black and blue and stuff but then an even weirder thing happened at the Pink concert at the British Time Festival in London this past week. I saw this. A fan threw their mother's ashes at Pink. 
on the stage. What were they in? Like, they were it in like a weird urn. Ziploc bag. Okay. And they threw it at her and it hit her. You got to be pretty close because it's hard to throw a Ziploc baggie or something. She had good seats. And so Pink, recognizing what it was, looked down and sees a bag of ashes. And I don't know if it said mom on it really big, but she knew enough to ask the person who threw it, is this your mom? And the woman's like, yeah. And Pink said, in the middle of the song, by the way, like the song is going on. She stopped singing. There's like backing tracks mm-hmm. that are continuing on. You know, it's like, girls, girls, girls. Yeah. And then she goes, I-, I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> Pretty weird. Yeah. And so she set the ashes on the floor and then she resumed her performance. Uh, what are we doing? Guys, I know the it's pandemic weirded us all yeah. out. The phone thing is so stupid because, number one, you're assaulting somebody Yes, with a license plate. That's very You're true. basically throwing something at somebody that is directly traceable back to you. Yeah. I just, I think people get so excited. They just get so excited and just, they can't handle it anymore. People cannot handle being out and about. The ashes yes. thing I get. Because, you know, the, that Steeler fan that spread their ashes at, <laughs> at Heinz Field at the time. Oh, I mean, look, like, I've told you about you know, my dad's ashes. We've done similar things, and he has spread around in places that he loves. Like if that woman loved. and her mom went to see Pink several times, and that was their They're favorite right. artist together, that, you can make that connection. Sure. But it's still pretty weird. It's very weird. To get Pink involved in it. What the hell are you doing? Unknowingly and maybe didn't want to either. So um, stop throwing weird stuff at performers when you go out to shows. <laughs> There's a lot of shows coming up, including the 4th of July celebration this year. Downtown, did you see what they booked there? Yes. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. Well, I don't know. I saw some group there they booked, but I don't know if we're what talking they, about the same what, one. What they book? Jug Shecky and the Clarks. Oh, yes. Yes, oh, that's yeah. what I Billy saw. Price. Dude, 4th of oh, July celebration yeah. downtown. It's super Pittsburgh. Are you kidding me? Someone um, uh, posted this morning the poster of the first show ever at Star Lake Amphitheater. Now, everybody who was around back then would answer, oh, Billy Joel. See, I thought there was another one before that. There was. Like a practice run. There was a practice one Okay, on June 16th, 1990. This is uh, John Chapman tweeted this out. The summer of my internship. Was it really? Yes. God, you've been here a long time. (laughs) 1990? You've been here a long time. You were here in 1990? Yep. My God, that's amazing. Um, So it's a poster from NRM. National Record Mart for you kids at home who don't <laughs> yes. know what NRM is. Presents and then it's the, the DVE logo, the open house rocker. Okay, so they were trying to, you know, get people to come out and check it out. Um, this was Donnie Iris, Joe Gashecki and the House Rockers, Billy Price, uh, KRB. Uh, that was Billy Price and KRB. That was his band. He's done rhythm band. And the Zippers and the Clarks. You can see wow. three of those zippers. four on July 4th downtown in 2023. Pretty awesome. That is cool. How amazing is that? 33 years later, it's almost the exact same bill. And you don't have to wait seven hours to get to Star Lake to see it. I love it. Um, 
Well, three out of the five, I should say. How uh, did, that is amazing. Is Donnie performing in Cleveland this weekend, or was that last weekend? I'm not sure. We got to find that out. I want to see how he did. And happy 97th birthday to Mel Brooks. We'll talk a little Mel Brooks later on. I know that's one of Mike's all-time favorites. So, 8:45, we're going to kick kick around the best of Mel Brooks. And uh, Val's got your news coming up next. What are you going to be talking about? We'll talk about food hacks that some say work. I think most of them are BS, but you can argue amongst yourselves. We'll talk about it. Mark Madden in the 9 o'clock hour. It's the DVE Morning Show. The show where you pick the tunes is... So he went to bed all silent, and I went in there. I was like, what's wrong? And he, he just started rubbing his face, and he goes, it's just a lot. <laughs> I was just like, you, you had too much scheduled oh, this week man. is what happened. Like, yeah. he didn't have any time to, like, sit and play with his Spider-Man action figures right. and just, like, let his thoughts yeah. spin out. Like, it was just go, 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 yeah. go, go, go. And when you've tired an eight-year-old out to the point where they're like, I can't have fun anymore. <laughs> yeah. like, like, all right, all right, all right, fine, fine. I haven't fine. even gotten to take my shoes off today. <laughs> <laughs> my Crocs smell horrible. <laughs> Toddlering is hard. Yeah. <laughs> Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Val Porter's got your news right now. What's going on there, Valerie? 801 at DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast. Hazy, smoky sky today. That code red air quality alert. Limit your time outside today. Temperatures will push into the 70s this afternoon. I'm Scott Harbaugh in Severe Weather Center 11. 63 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Window Nation. I'm Val Porter. New artwork in Squirrel Hill is honoring the victims of the Tree of Life synagogue shooting. A mural has been painted along Phillips Avenue near Murray by Wilkinsburg native and artist Kyle Holbrook. The piece highlights the synagogue and includes imagery calling for an end to gun violence and anti-Semitism. That mural will be unveiled at 10 o'clock this morning. Morning. And defense attorneys are presenting witnesses that they hope will influence the jur- jury in the penalty phase of Robert Bowers' trial. Bowers was convicted earlier this month on 63 charges stemming from the killing of 11 people at the Tree of Life Synagogue in 2018. Lawyers for the defense have said their client is afflicted with schizophrenia and epilepsy and suggested those ailments played a part in his actions that day. Medical professionals who testified yesterday say they noted some abnormalities when they reviewed results of tests run on the convicted killer. Jurors in this phase of the trial will determine if Bowers is eligible for the death penalty. A Pittsburgh woman is facing charges. She took part in a scam that defrauded two banks and the federal government out of millions of dollars. Prosecutors say that credit repair specialist Virginia Humphreys and Detroit accountant Lloyd Parker Jr. submitted falsified applications for small businesses under the Paycheck Protection Program during the COVID pandemic. More than $14 million in aid was approved. Humphreys and Parker have this week each been charged with one count of fraud conspiracy in addition to nine counts of bank fraud. If convicted, they could face decades in prison. Well, the state of Pennsylvania is joining forces with the U.S. Department of Agriculture to fight the invasion of the spotted lanternfly. Officials announced a new five-year plan yesterday uh, that will use federal and state resources to help prevent the insect spread. The insect doesn't sting or bite humans, but state officials say they caused more than $42 million worth of damage to crops, trees, and plants last year. Well, first it was Netflix, now Costco, looking to crack down on membership sharing. 
It's according to a report from Business Insider that says the wholesale retailer will start to ask for photo ID at its self-checkout kiosks. It comes as Costco has seen a jump in shoppers using membership cards that belong to friends, family, or co-workers. In a statement to the outlet, Costco defended the move, saying its memberships play a key role in the store's ability to offer low prices to customers. I don't have a membership, and I would be lying if I said I never used anybody else's to get in there, but it's a it's a worth it membership. Yeah. To be a yeah. part of the Costco club? Oh, yeah. I had one. I got it in, like, Cancun or something. It was the only place you could shop down there. So I had a Mexican one, and I always had trouble with it up here. <laughs> they're like, this isn't real. I'm like, it is. It's just the Mexican version. And they're like, why do you have a fake? You went through the trouble to get you a fake. You had to get a green card for your Costco card. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I ended up in a cage at Costco. <laughs> what the yeah, hell? It was just terrible. Yeah, they have immigration at Costco. I don't know if you knew that. Well, this year's 4th of July cookout will be a little more affordable than last year's. According to the American Farm Bureau Federation, families can expect to pay less than 68 bucks for a party of 10. That's down 3% from last year's record high of $69.68. The estimate includes 12 staple items, including they list hamburger buns. I'm assuming hamburgers are also uh, part of the 12 items. <laughs> Potato salad, chicken breast, lemonade, and chocolate chip cookies. And I know it's hard to find employees and customers can be difficult, but this is absolutely insane. An employee at a Taco Bell in Pasadena, Texas, is in custody after reportedly pulling a gun on a drive through customer who canceled his order. Come on. Police say the customer called 911 Saturday night at a local Taco Bell. Officers arrested 18-year-old Brian Carranza on charges of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon and unlawful carrying of a weapon. Police say Carranza smelled of booze when they picked him up. That checks out. I mean, glass half full, at least the employees care. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. You're not going to cancel an order on me? Well, do you sing in the car? Or in the shower, or maybe you're a part of a choir, or you sing at karaoke. Well, then you are probably happier, healthier, and less stressed. A study has found that singing, particularly singing with others, like in a band or a choir or a chorus, is good for your mental and physical health. So sing away. I love it. I'm not good at it. Do you sing in your car? In my car? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, but it, there's not enough people in there with me, you know? Well, even if you sing by yourself, that's good. I never sing in the shower that's or in the car. I just I don't in the shower. doesn't occur to me. I sing Usually. at church, you know, but as a group, I don't feel like we're real strong. Um, <laughs> but everybody's trying. We're tryhards. I feel like you're in a really good mood if you're doing that. You know what I mean? Like, things are going good. Singing you're not tired at all. You're just feeling great. Yeah. Yeah. If you've spent any time on social media over the past decade, you've seen a ton of supposed food hacks, and a lot of them don't work, and the ones that do are not exciting. A website has collected the best food hacks, and the ones they claim are actually worth it include using a baby monitor to keep an eye on the temperature of your smoker. Good move. Sounds like a good move. I don't have a smoker or a baby monitor, but, you know. Uh, eating a hard taco over a soft shell. 
So everything that falls out of the first taco oh, lands on the second taco. A smart move. I like that move. That is so a then, pro move. And you got two tacos. You got a backstop. It's like that the the thing that caught all the bridge debris. Yeah. yeah. Greenfield. <laughs> the litter box. Mathematically, one eighteen inch pizza has more pizza than two twelve inch pies. That doesn't seem right, but I'm not sure how you figure that out. I don't know. I don't want to do math. Mixing a few cereals <laughs> together for variety and to regulate sweetness levels. I do that. Yeah. Man, that Let's is a stoner move, though, isn't it? I mean, when you start mixing up cereals. Like, sometimes I'll, like, take uh, the kashi that has, like, no sugar in it, you know? And then I'll take uh, a cereal that's maybe, like, like a granola, packaged granola that has a little too much in it you know and then you just throw yeah. those together and then it, i mean it really is colon blow when you do that but for easy to eat s'mores make them in ice cream cones what no you can't do that that's that's you're cheating it's not the way that you enjoy a s'more i i don't like a s'more unless i've gone through the pageantry of making the s'more yeah you got to be at a campfire. Over a fire, squish it between a couple of chocolate-covered graham crackers. Oh, yeah, dude, now we're Ooh, talking. Oh, that's real messy. Look over, see one of the kids with a marshmallow completely engulfed in flames. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Have one of those just gooey marshmallow drips on oh, the rock. that first bite of all those carcinogens all outside of the... Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it when you smush it down just right. And it just starts to melt the chocolate just a little bit. I saw somebody make uh, s'mores with Reese's Thins. Yeah. I've seen somebody do that. Yeah. Wait a minute. It's a Tell little me bit about of witchcraft. That. Instead, and talk of, slow. Talk slow. Instead of just plain chocolate, slower. you use a Reese's Thin. Yeah. What's a Reese's Thin? It's, it's just a Reese's, but thin. Reese's like an peanut Oreo butter thin. cup, but it's just. So super then you put thin. that between it, it, instead of the chocolate between your graham check cracker cheeks. <laughs> you don't put the you don't, but you don't do graham cracker cheeks. You just do those. No, you no. So no, it's no, like, no, no, no. You, you no. do. You make it like a normal yeah. s'more. Yep. Explain instead, to me like I'm fine. Take uh, the Hershey bar <laughs> out. Put the thin in. Take the chocolate, yes, replace the chocolate bar. I feel like I'm stoned now trying to understand yeah. this. <laughs> With an okay. uh, Reese's Thin. Okay, so this is like making a burger out of chicken, like with the buns. Instead of buns, you have I, chicken. No. No, what this isn't a double down, dude. You're not using Thins as the graham, graham crackers. Graham cracker. Yeah. Oreo, uh, Reese's Thin. See, now he's got us all mixed yeah. up. So graham cracker, Reese's right. Thin, gooey marshmallow. Gooey marshmallow. Graham cracker. So you just Done. put a Reese's Thin in the in the. I've said that five times. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you didn't just say it like that. I've enjoyed this. Do it one more time. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure what was missing in the translation. Siri, I think I was having trouble. Siri is yelling my at Apple us. Apple Watch is like, can you guys get it together? They're like, this is too stupid. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> yeah. If Apple Watches just just stopped your conversation to let you know it's like too stupid. My Apple Watch said you should stand up and walk out of the room for this conversation. <laughs> it's like, how many podcasts would have to stop midstream if that was actually? Like, Sorry. This, this is, is too dumb. Yeah, this is the. There's too many stupid <laughs> things being said. We're gonna have to put an end to this. You're making people dumber. <laughs>
<laughs> anybody that listening to this there's so much of that going on right now and i feel like we're doing a good job of contributing our fair share of stupidity <laughs> the other thing with the graham crackers the last thing i'll say is if you can leave them out and just get them a little just a tiny Soggy. little bit stale really yes. They because they become because it's not so crunchy. It's not the the full mess. I don't want stale. just a little bit of give, a little bit, a tiny bit. In my defense, I think I had a hard time understanding what the thin was. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a Reese cup, but it's thin. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but see, yeah, I mean, I I feel like I would really like that, but I ha I won't try it. And I'm I don't not know a fan why. Of I'm loyal. In general. I don't know. I'm. I have not cooked a marshmallow over fire in a little while. Yeah, it's been a few years. But it might be time. Go find this a good is the stick. Weekend. Go find a good stick. Dude, Whittle this is the down. weekend. I am going to get s'mores weekend. crap. That's happening. Now they have like really good professional skewers, and it's yeah. cheating a little bit. You got like to go find a stick. Go find a stick. And you got to whittle it with right. a knife you got from... Yeah. Camp, but you gotta make year. sure it's not like a poo stick that your neighbor was using to like fling their dog poo or something. Well, at Deep Creek, it's always the same. Like you bring down a box, you bring down the chocolate bars, you have everything set up, but it's dark, and all of a sudden, you always have one kid who's like a little snackoon who's sneaking like just steal a whole chocolate bar. Sure, you know. Do you ever like mix a neck slacks in there just for fun? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds no. so much fun. Yeah, it's a fun game we call I'm somebody's doyles. <laughs> Someone's going to be dookying all night. Well, that usually happens, anyways. Uh, with kids, their stomachs are weird. <laughs> Some I do like that acts. about kids. Kids will be like, "I don't feel good," and then they'll projectile vomit, and they'll be like, "Totally cool now. What's next?" Yeah. Uh, some other food hacks on the list. Using this sounds terribly salty. Using a ramen packet for popcorn seasoning. Mix the powder with melted butter and some chili powder. Yeah. Mm. I get that. Using the bottom of a bottle of wine, the kind that's dented a little bit on the bottom, okay. as a press to make homemade ravioli. Oh. I'm guessing if oh. you make homemade ravioli, you probably have a better method technique yeah. yes than using the bottom of a wine maybe if you're in a pinch that's good mm -hmm. uh, or if you're an alcoholic this, this sounds terrible this sounds like a bad one steaming your vegetables while cooking pasta put a cookie cooling rack on top of the boiling spaghetti put the veggies on it put the lid on top of the veggies so they steam over the pasta it doesn't seem like long enough to steam veggies no no this, i thought you need multiple minutes this one i like Putting a koozie on your ice cream pint so your hands don't get cold. Oh, that's fancy. Look, Does that, it that fit, though? Like that seems like a little bit of a tight squeeze. The little ones that would. I feel like you could just get those uh, coffee, like at the coffee shop, those little cardboard things that go around your, your uh, coffee. You can just grab one of those yeah. and use one of those. I think you got to get a, I don't know. The pints that I get, you got to get a Trojan koozie for those. I don't know, man. Uh, you got to earn it, though, don't you? Don't you? Doesn't your hand got to get a little cold? If you remove that entire thing, you're just woofing it down. Yeah, to you're, the face. You're bottoming that. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, Airbnb is giving guests the chance to stay in a real-life Malibu Barbie dream house. The company announced it'll give away two one-night stays inside the dream house next month to celebrate the release of the Barbie movie. The California mansion is actually located in Malibu because she is Malibu Barbie. Mm -hmm. It's painted hot pink from floor to ceiling, (laughs) inside and out. Massive home includes Barbie-inspired decor, an infinity pool with a slide and a wraparound balcony. Booking uh, opens at 10 a.m. Pacific time, July 17th, for anyone hoping to get a slot. Man, I feel like every girl that I grew up with would just die for this. It it looks like you're swimming in a Pepto-Bismol bottle. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll be very interested to see how it does. Yeah, me too. There's a lot of big movies going on right now, so that When's the Mission Impossible one out? It's out soon, isn't it? Indiana Jones is this Friday. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Now I'd heard pretty sure it wasn't last weekend. I don't think so. I thought I read something that it had a hundred forty million dollar opening, but that might no because I read this morning they're hoping for sixty to sixty five million. You mean uh, this would be the weekend domestically? This is the, this is the big weekend. Yeah couple flops, though, recently with the flash flopping. People are wondering what's going to happen with the box office going forward. Because some big budget movies there. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny looking for a start, a fast start in North American theaters. The fifth film looking to make between 60 and 65 million in its debut weekend. So there you go. Oscar-winning actor Kevin Spacey was in a London courtroom today as he faces multiple allegations of sexual assault. He's accused of sex offenses against four men that prosecutors say occurred between 2001 and 2013. The 63-year-old has already pleaded not guilty to all charges. Hmm. That trial is scheduled to last four weeks. And a child molestation lawsuit against Michael Jackson is being allowed to go to trial. How? Choreographer Wade Robeson claims the Michael um, Michael molested him at Neverland Ranch when he was between the ages of 7 and 14. According to TMZ, Robeson is suing Jackson's corporation, MJJ Productions. Lawyers for the company argued it had no legal duty to protect Robeson or an ability to control Jackson. But a court of appeals disagreed and sent the claim back down for trial. A similar lawsuit filed by another accuser named James Safechuck is also awaiting a ruling from the Court of Appeals. I feel bad for that dude, and I believe him. Yes. 100%. I mean, did you watch that documentary? I I, did. How do you not believe it? I did. And the really sad thing about him and one of the Corys, which one is it? The the one that travels? Feldman. Feldman. They both dance like him. Yes. Like at every in every single kind of event that they do. Yes. And they worshipped him. Worshipped him. It's sick. Forecast today, hazy, smoky. We do have a code red alert. So if you are sensitive, if you're an older person or a young person, you limit your time outside today. Temperature's going to be in the 70s. It's 63 at DVE. Lovers of the Allman Brothers Band and the band and uh, the Grateful Dead. The 50th anniversary of the famous Watkins Glen concert takes place July 29th at Hartwood Acres. Chuck Lavelle from the Allman Brothers, current musical director of the Rolling Stones. He will be performing with Pittsburgh's own Butler Street Revival. You'll have an actual Allman Brothers 
uh, member on stage along with Chest Fever, the band, Robbie Robertson-endorsed band tribute act coming through, and, of course, Pittsburgh's own Dead Jammers, The Cause. That's all day out at Thun- at the uh, uh, Hartwood, uh, uh, the meadow at Hartwood Acres, brought to you by the Thunderbird, Thunderbird Summer Jam and DVE. Nice. Get your tickets now at dve.com. It's an all-day party with the dead, the band, and the Almond Brothers. Music. <laughs> hey, Randy. From E to Peach. It's the Almond Brothers. DVE.
Allman Brothers Band, and once again, that show out at Hartwood, at the Meadows at Hartwood, the uh, Thunderbird Sunburn Jam, a commemoration of 50 years since the legendary Watkins Glen concert that drew 700,000 people to see the Grateful Dead, the band, and the Allman Brothers. That's a small town. It's 50 years and <laughs> one day since that actually happened, because it was July 28th. Uh, 1973 that it first happened. That's going to be so awesome. Man. It's going to be great. Get That's your tickets at com. Yeah, with Chuck Lavelle there. I mean, Chuck Lavelle is a legend. Like he's a rock and roll hall of famer. He is. I, again, he's the musical director of the Rolling Stones. You don't get any more bona fide than that. Uh, plus that band, Chest Fever, that does the band. If you like the band, they're incredible. And uh, it's going to be a great day. No better place to see a show outdoors than at Hartwood, man. It's so beautiful out I there. I love it out there. Gorgeous. Mike's got your sports when we return. Mark Madden on the way. And the best of Mel Brooks. We celebrate Mel Brooks on his 97th birthday. That's coming up. DVE. The hard work pays off. I've been trying to do that contest forever. <laughs> Pittsburghers win workforce cash on DVE. Listen for the keyword at the top of the hour 13 times a day, 9 a.m. through 9 p.m. Enter it at DVE.com and you can win a thousand bucks. Listen for your chance at workforce cash. Awesome. On DVE. From the Bridgeville Appliance Weather Center, Bridgeville Appliance is now hiring service technicians. Inquire at BridgevilleAppliance.com. Let's do it again. iHeartRadio's Living Black is back. A of sports. <laughs> Mike Pursuit has got your sports now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike! Sports this hour brought to you by Bridgeville Appliance. The Pirates finally remembered how to hit the ball last night against the Padres. Nine runs, 16 hits, no errors for the home team. 4-11-1 for San Diego. Much needed, not just a victory for the Pirates, but a much needed offensive Outburst, a performance that suggests, yeah, these guys can hit the ball a little bit after all. And uh, the really intriguing part of it, uh, the contributions of the youngsters. Uh, Nick Gonzalez, former uh, seventh overall pick, taking his first steps in the big leagues. First home game, he gets his first career hit, a triple, and then his first career home run deep into the bushes in the batting eye in center field. Uh Jack Sawinski hit another home run. He came into the game riding an 0 for 29 streak. Henry Davis, two more hits. A uh, lot of encouraging stuff for the Pirates. But I wanted to focus on the pitching a little bit this hour because it takes pitching as well. And I think what we saw last night, Rich Hill doing what he does, which is not dominate anybody. He doesn't wow you. He doesn't uh, impress you. But he gets you through six innings and puts you in a position to win. And that's what Hill did last night. Gave up three in the top of the second and six hits through the first two innings. Then Hill gave up zero hits in innings three, four, five. Then three more hits and another run in the top of the sixth. But with second and third and two outs, Hill was able to snare uh, a shot up the middle off the bat of San Diego's Trent Grisham. That got the Pirates out of the inning, and that turned it over to the bullpen. Derek Shelton giving the ball at that juncture to Ruanzi Contreras who is now starting to get his feet back on the ground after a brutal stretch. Contreras ends up going three innings, two hits, no runs, one walk, and three Ks. He gets that rare three-inning save in a blowout, his first professional save. One of the reasons uh, the Padres stayed scoreless uh, during Contreras' three innings was an unbelievable catch by Josh Palacios in the left field corner, robbing a home run. 
Uh, it was that kind of night also for the Pirates. Uh, they had the great catch from Palacios. They turned three double plays, which helped clean up some of the traffic they were allowing on the basis. Uh, Contreras now uh, has pitched consecutive outings in which he has not been scored upon. That's four total innings. He's given up one earned run in his last six and a third innings pitched. And if you don't think that's a significant turn, recall that uh, prior to giving up one earned run in his last six and a third, Contreras was reached for 17, count of 17 earned runs in five and two-thirds innings. So he had, uh, you know how the offense just kind of went away? Well, his ability to get anybody out just kind of went away. Maybe now it's coming back. But uh, that sets up the Pirates uh, well for the rest of this series because they didn't use the bullpen except for Contreras, and uh, they've got Mitch Keller going tonight against Blake Snell of San Diego. So uh, all arms should be available for the most part, and maybe the offense can exhale and relax. And uh, maybe they can find some middle ground between not scoring any runs and scoring nine. <laughs> we'll see. It'd be nice. Mm-hmm. NHL uh, draft first round will be conducted tonight in Nashville. Penguins picking 14th overall. And uh, I wanted to double back uh, to something I I referenced last hour. One of the guys who was being mocked or uh, talked about or speculated in terms of what the Pens might do with that 14th overall pick is a left winger out of Winnipeg in the Western Hockey League named Zach Benson. Uh, 36 goals and 98 points in 60 games in the WHL uh, this past season for Winnipeg. But what I don't like about Benson is he's 5'9 and 163 pounds. There are some other options if they want to go high-scoring forward. Uh, Callum Ritchie, uh, a center from Oshawa, 6'2", 185. Colby Barlow, left winger from Owen Sound, 6'190". Nate Danielson, uh, center from Brandon, 6'5", 185. I think this team's got to get bigger. Uh, and stay bigger. I think that's the way. You know, sure. you got to be able. You got to be able to skate too. But uh, let somebody else find a place in the game for the little guy. Penguins get pushed around too much as it is. I don't want to see him get pushed around three years from now, four years from now. But we'll see what Kyle Dubas thinks. This is going to be really interesting to see if he trades it, and if so, what direction does he go? Is he going to try to move up and make a bigger, more immediate splash, or is he going to trade down? and acknowledge that the organization is basically bereft of, bereft of prospects and try to add volume to this draft? Or can you trade it for uh, somebody you can use next year? Can you do both? Can you win now and build the system? It's going to be difficult. I don't think anything's impossible. Yeah, I'll do both. As he said, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> as he said they're going to have to uh, roll the dice on some, as he put it, relative reclamation projects. And hit him. You know, find a guy that's got some game, and for whatever reason, it hasn't worked out in his current situation. And as a result, it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg to get him, and you're not going to have to pay him an arm and a leg. And maybe that guy becomes a really good player for you. Tough way to go, but that's uh, the position they have been, uh, that's the corner they've been painted into. And he mentioned Uh, a little bit too, Mike, of just finding teams that are in a little bit of cap hell. And, you know, like someone like Boston who's just trying to get rid of players and just dumping salaries where you're not going to have to give up assets. You just have to acquire whatever their contract is. 
Yeah, and if you if you can ha- you can do that if you find enough young guys that don't make anything to round out the rest of it. I mean, the, re- the reason they have cap space is because presumably they're not going to re-sign Jari, Dumoulin, or Zucker. Now, if you get two guys that have a big fat contract, there goes your cap space, and now you don't you don't have uh, room to have volume. Uh, it's also going to be interesting. This won't we won't get any uh, light shed on this anytime soon. But as they build the roster. Is he going to spend to the cap, or are they going to keep some cap space to give them flexibility throughout the season to make moves? Because they haven't really had that the last couple of years either. Right. Uh, I think that would be valuable to just give yourself a little wiggle room in case some things don't work out, in case some of those reclamation projects aren't able to be reclaimed. But uh, interesting times for the Penguins, no question. Big week for Dubas. Big, big, big week. Doobie, doobie, doo. I hope he do. I do hope he do. Valsgar, do that Frank Sinatra song. Yeah, I'm aware. You don't have to explain. Mike, uh, Val's got your news coming up <laughs> top of the hour. <laughs> we'll get uh, there. Try to get to that sexiest jobs story and celebrating Mel Brooks's 97th birthday with our best of Mel Brooks coming up, Mike. Uh, plenty on the uh, on the sports dais this weekend. Not that's not the right word. The calendar. This weekend, uh, including tonight, and uh, maybe an obvious play. Uh, if you've got the uh, Bet Park Sportsbook and Casino app, you may have already noticed that the Blake Snell Mitch Keller Mitch Keller matchup at PNC Park tonight has an over under of eight point five. Randall, I think that's too effing high. Here's why I think that Mitch Keller has given up fourteen earned runs in seven starts at home this season, and Blake Snell in his last six starts. A span of 36 innings has given two, count them, two earned runs to opposing batters. He's a former Cy Young winner. Keller may be headed in that direction someday, maybe. Uh, this game is screaming under. I've already played it. If you've got the Bet Parks Sportsbook and Casino app, you can too. If you haven't uh, tried this type of thing before, now's the time. Bet 10 bucks on the under. If it hits, you get $125 in Sportsbook bonus if your first bet wins when your first bet wins betparks.com has the terms and conditions new users and winning bets only sports bonus must be wagered once see the website for all the details must be 21 and in pennsylvania new jersey or ohio gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER it's randy bauman and the dv morning show along with bill crawford and val porter and it's mel brooks's 97th birthday the comedy legend who was uh, in World War II, saw some horrible things, mm-hmm. and uh, came back to the United States and was part of one of the all-time great comedy writing teams for Sid Caesar's Your Show of Shows. The comedy writing room included Mel Brooks, Carl Reiner, um, Neil Simon, mm-hmm. his brother Danny Simon, Woody Allen, um, the uh, uh, the guy who came up with Mash, uh, the the TV show, and uh, it's a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. His name's escaping me right now. I can picture him. At any rate, like legends, just all legends were in that room. And then he broke off and he did the producers, and that was just a smash. 
People loved the producers. When what was it? The two thousand year old man. Two thousand year old man was the bit that he and Carl yeah. Reiner did, which was basically but like around that time. Yeah, they were putting out records and they were just riffing. So he had like best selling comedy albums and stuff. When he got in the movies, things obviously blew up in a big way for Mel Brooks and he became a household name. Before I hand it over to Mike, I'll give you my top five underrated Mel Brooks movies. And the first one is High Anxiety because it never gets thrown up there with the likes of Young Frankenstein or uh, Blazing Saddles. But High Anxiety is his spoof of all things Hitchcock. And it is brilliant and hilarious. And there are so many scenes in that. There's a scene where Harvey Corman is... He's running a corrupt mental hospital, and he's keeping mm-hmm. people in the hospital against their will just so they'll you know, have to pay. And one guy said he used to see have a pain in the neck, and he saw werewolves. Mm-hmm. And Mel Brooks is there to like do like a, an assessment of the place, whether or not you know, all these people should actually be in there. And he meets with the guy, and the guy's like, hey, I'm, I'm totally fine. He, I, don't, I have no pain in the neck. I don't see werewolves anymore. And then Harvey Corman goes behind Mel Brooks, and he slingshots a paperclip at the guy's neck, and he just goes, ow! <laughs> and then he puts, he puts, like, fangs in his mouth, you know, those plastic teeth, and then he starts going, ah! like that, and then the guy starts freaking out. <laughs> it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Plus, the very famous scene with Barry Levinson, who co-wrote the movie with him before he became, you know, Barry Levinson. Uh, they they spoof the psycho in the shower scene uh, with, here's your paper, here's your paper. He kept asking the bellboy for his newspaper, and it never mm-hmm. came, and Mel Brooks is in the shower, and he gives it to him like he's stabbing it to him. Here's your paper, here's your paper. So he's doing the, you know, the sound, and then instead of blood running down the drain, it's the ink from the newspaper. It's just brilliant, you know. To Be or Not to Be, which is a remake, very, very funny, though. He, with his wife, Ann Bancroft, it's uh, I don't know that one. Oh, it's a troupe of uh, Jewish actors who are uh, trying to sort of keep their theater open in the midst of the occupation, and they're doing, you know, uh, um, productions for all of these Jewish, or, or rather German, uh, like soldiers and, and the hierarchy in the military and stuff, and they're trying to also funnel Jews out at the same time, you know. And it's a really brilliant, funny movie. The producer's movie is great, too. It's one of those ones that kind of gets lost in the shuffle sometimes because it's so old, and the Broadway production was so big and such a huge hit. The movie with Zero Mostel and Gene Wilder is a must-see. For Gene zero must just must-see. Yeah, both of them. Uh, and then the fifth one, I'd say, is Robin Hood, Robin Hood Men in Tights. Oh, I love that movie. Right? Or the fourth one. Uh, yeah. Uh, that and Spaceballs. Those are, I think, the most underrated. Spaceballs is, as to me, as good as Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein. But to a lot of people, they think it's a less than Mel Brooks movie. But Richard Lewis playing the villain in yes. Men in Tights where his mole keeps moving yeah. is <laughs> a hilarious gag. Chappelle's in that one as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, Mike, I left it to you to come up with the top five Mel Brooks lines. Uh, no particular order, but I've got five, and they are Mel specifically, not lines from his movie, but Mel acting out parts. So one of the things actually I, Mel. Yeah. W- one of the things I love about him, uh, you guys may have noticed this working with me over the years, I really like cornball, and I really like beating the dead horse <laughs> yeah, until, yeah. It's, <laughs> until it's dust. And Mel, Mel Brooks <laughs> loves to go there. Yeah. Uh, par- apparently, they were even going there in the Roman Empire days. Boy. When you die at the palace, 
you really die at the palace. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, history of the world. What, oh, just yeah. amazing. So good. That, that's a classic. Uh, the stand-up philosopher. Um, also, Blazing Saddles, uh, the history of the Old West, and the uh, the running gag with uh, Hedley Lamar or Hedy Lamar. Work, 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 work. Hello, boys. Have a good night's rest. I, I miss you. you. Just one more bill for you to sign, sir. What the hell is this? This is the bill that will convert the state hospital for the insane into the William J. Lepetamine Memorial Gambling Casino for the insane. Gentlemen, this, this bill will be a giant step forward in the treatment of the insane gambler. Yes, <laughs> Thank you, thank you, Hetty, thank you. It's not... Hedy, it's Hedley, Hedley Lamar. The hell are you worried about? This is 1874. You'll be able to sue her. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the actress Hedy Lamar sued Mel Brooks when that movie came out. I was unaware. She sued them for that. Yeah, <laughs> she lost, but, I, but she did sue them. I can't play that clip without a shout out to uh, Robin Hilton, Miss Stein, who, let's just say, had a real profound impression on my young um life my dad had that bl mm -hmm. that picture blown up it was like in his game room the picture of him yeah. doing the work 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 with her sitting next to him hello boys oh, <laughs> have a good night i missed you i missed you the affairs of state must take precedence <laughs> the affairs <laughs> of state uh the other thing i love about the mel brooks movies uh, this is from history of the world uh making fun of the uh musical production numbers that uh are are so big uh, in parts of the genre, here's a uh, little uh, Middle Ages song and dance. The Inquisition, what a show. The Inquisition, here we go. We know you're wishing that we go away. But the Inquisition's here and it's here too. Hey, talk about it. What do you say? I just got back from the auto de fe. Auto de fe? What's an auto de fe? It's what you oughtn't to do, but you do anyway. Will you confide? No, 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 no. Will you confess? No, 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 no. Will you fight? No, 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 no. Will you say yes? No, 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 no. Now I asked in a nice way. I said, pretty please. I bent their ears. Now I'll work on their knees. You know, the only thing I know about the Inquisition is what I learned from Mel Brooks. Oh, just the God. And it gets into a pool number. And, oh, yeah. You know, he, he was always good for that. Yeah. <laughs> phenomenal. Uh, Spaceballs, I'm with you. I think it's right up there with any uh, Mel Brooks movie. It's oh, incredibly yeah. funny to me. Uh, to this day, I watch it and I lose it. Uh, <laughs> this was uh, a subtle one, but they're making fun of Star Trek when they had to uh, beam President Scrooge from one room to another, and his, his back ended up being part of his front. Why didn't somebody tell me my ass was so big? <laughs> There's a lot of funny I, lines in that movie. Oh, my God. We, we've gone from suck to blow is yeah. still a reference. <laughs> he didn't have to overthink it sometimes. You just do the obvious plain cornball joke, and it hits. Uh, last but not least, and again, no particular order on these, but this is one of my top five. Uh, Mel Brooks playing uh, an Indian chief in the Old West in Blazing Saddles. Who's inexplicably Yiddish. Really speaking Yiddish. No, no, Zeitnish Meshuggah. <laughs> Laws in game! 
Kappa walk. It's all right. Kappa walk. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Ah, big is in. Take off. Has big is in and then a lady? They darker than us. <laughs> it's hilarious. And he, like, leads, he leads off the horse and stares him down as sort of like, wow. I learned so much about like the Jewish culture through Mel Brooks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, because it wasn't like I, I was surrounded by it growing up. You watch all those movies and it's just hard not to, to sort of get a sense of sort of what made the, uh, you know, the, the the Jewish sense of humor sort of tick, you know what I mean? There's a rhythm and a rhyme, and the wordplay is just unbelievable in all of these. But the thing is, is he was so good with certain actors who understood his voice. Harvey Corman was definitely one of those people. But the one who did most of all, I mean, the De Niro to his Scorsese is Gene Wilder. And Gene Wilder in Young, Young Frankenstein, uh, he should have gotten an Oscar for this movie. You were right. It's coming from behind this wall. Where is it? Where is it? That! There's always a device. If I can just spot the triggering mechanism... Hello? It seems louder over here. Hand me that candle, will you? Goes flying into the secret door there. Put the candle back. <laughs> All right. I think I have it figured out now. Take out the candle and I'll block the bookcase with my body. <laughs> it's smashed. Now listen to me very carefully. Don't put the candle back. With all of your might, shove against the other side of the bookcase. That's <laughs> so good. And then all the Feldman lines, my God. Happy 97th birthday. I cannot uh. believe that guy is still kicking, and he's still doing stuff. They just did History of the World 2 on, uh, I believe it's Hulu. And he I would love to see another Spaceballs. Because oh, I, I feel like, you know, with all the Star Wars sure. movies and spinoffs, you could definitely do something else there. And, I mean, Madeline Kahn. So, he had so many people in his Rick cast Moranis of Rick could have got an Oscar. <laughs> For Dark Helmet. <laughs> Even in the future, nothing works. Val's got your news next. <laughs> Happy birthday, Mel. What do you got? Uh, we'll talk about the sexiest jobs for men and for women. Double M, Mark Madden, 945 TV. day is over that i never used anybody else's to get in there but it's a it's a worth it membership yeah to be a part of the costco club oh yeah i had one i got it in like cancun or something it was the only place you could shop down there so i had a mexican one and i always had trouble with it up here (laughs) 
They're like, this isn't real. I'm like, it is. It's just the Mexican version. And they're like, why do you have a fake? You went through the trouble to get a fake. You had to get a green card for your Costco card. (laughs) Anyways, yeah, I ended up in a cage at Costco. (laughs) What the hell? It was just terrible. Yeah, they have immigration at Costco. I don't know if you knew that. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. You can't mess around. Costco. If you had to go Costco or Sam's Club, which one are you going? I mean, Costco. Because of hot dogs? Just because I think there's more of them, I, and I don't know that. Just more of them close to me. There you go. That's a, that's a good enough reason. You have no preference. I've never been in a Sam's Club, so I can't speak to its... Well, dream big, Val. You know what I mean? Maybe. I, I, at Costco, I was a fan of, yes. Uh, no longer? Well, I don't have a membership anymore. Can we get you one? If you want to. <laughs> she cut the cart. She had enough. It's kind of out of the way for me now. So. Yeah. I drive by this BJ's every day. So, yeah. Is fine. that also like a bulk yeah. kind of purchasing place? Someone sent me uh, a picture from BJ's earlier this morning because we were having the s'mores discussion, which was uh, award winning radio, and <laughs> they're selling s'mores kits there. Oh. Kind of feels like cheating. No? The whole well, it's kit? It's just everything all together. They just rounded it up for you. Can I? ask you is it okay if to add more things in a s'more like a strawberry can i put a strawberry in a s'more well it would be a big i don't know you'd have to slice it well yeah, slices but... slice like a strawberry sure, why not? strawberry Pineapple? slice i mean i think you'd be better with just like a strawberry jam mm, i want a real strawberry i mean and i think you're adding a, too much to be with the reese's thin and now how do you do that's that too much again? that's peanut butter <laughs> yeah it's like peanut butter and jelly Oh, yeah, well, that's one way to look at it with marshmallow. So it's like a goober. Or wasn't that what that stuff was called? I don't know. Do you remember that? Where it had the peanut butter and jelly in the same jar? Yeah. This no, is kind of what Heinz was trying to do with the mayo chup. It's too much. Yeah, you can't. Mm. It, we I don't need, trust you to mix. I need to be in charge of the allocation. <laughs> I'll be the one making the mix. I'm the decider. What do you have going on over there? Eight minutes after nine at DVE, here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast. Hazy, smoky sky today, that code red air quality alert. Limit your time outside today. Temperatures will push into the 70s this afternoon. I'm Scott Harbaugh in Severe Weather Center 11. 63 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Window Nation. Former President Trump is filing a counterclaim against author E. Jean Carroll that accuses her of defamation. Trump was ordered to pay Carol $5 million for sexual abuse, battery, and defamation last month. Carol accused him of raping her in a Manhattan dressing room in the 90s, but the jury found him not liable for the alleged rape. Trump's counterclaim alleges that Carol defamed him when she accused Trump of raping her on CNN a day after the trial. So he is seeking a retraction as well as unknown compensatory damages. According to a new Pew Research Center poll, most of the world has positive views of the U.S. and President Biden. The poll found 59% of those surveyed across the globe viewed the U.S. favorably, with 54% confident in Biden. Support ranked highest in Poland, Israel, South Korea, and Japan. Over 27,000 people were polled from 23 countries around the world. I'm telling you right now, you might not like his team, but you can't argue the amount of political wins that this guy's had. It's it's crazy. He has racked up W after W after W, but none of it matters because he can't stop falling down or swallowing his teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know how it's happening. 
But that's all the other funny things where people are like, look at him. He has dementia. And then it's just like, well, how come he totally schools you on that whole, uh, you know, debate and uh, ended up on the winning side of that whole legislation? Uh, <laughs> Hunter. Hunter Biden. I'm well, telling you, if that was a him fi- trying to remember names is just I, difficult. Dude, I know. I'm saying if he was a 50 year old guy, uh, we'd be like, holy cow, he's FDR. But instead, everyone's like, get this bumbling idiot out of here. And he's just W, W, W. I mean, you might not like the W's he's racking up, but in terms of like political wins, you know, he's done pretty good. Like that whole it, the broadband. The, oh, yeah. That's huge. $1.4 billion. Invested into like getting broadband, all you know, that's the same thing as putting like electricity out in the sticks back yes. in the day, right? Yeah. And it, <laughs> it, it is, it is, it's funny. And it, uh, and then like all of those dudes who did not vote for it are like touting it now, like you know, that you know, idiot Tuberville down there. And again, that would be seen as a huge win, but even people on the left are like, Biden's gotta go. <laughs> He can't stop falling down. We can't have a poop-your-pants president. The outgoing director of the CDC warns that America is not prepared for the next pandemic. Dr. Rochelle Walensky wrote an op-ed for the New York Times yesterday. Ahead of her tenure coming to an end this Friday, she noted the U.S. is about 80,000 public health workers short to be able to meet basic public health needs. Walensky also pointed to public health systems' reliance on aging technology like fax machines. She said she fears what she described as the despair from the pandemic is fading from people's memories. Walensky urged U.S. lawmakers to provide more resources to improve the public health infrastructure. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, look, I think it's people are just like, yeah, we can DIY the next pandemic yeah we we just did one and the idea of even preparing for one right now is like just i'm still dealing with the last one Mm -hmm. we're short lifeguards and health workers we're short everything it seems like everybody's short well and it's weird because unemployment has dropped considerably but like there's nobody in all these jobs that we need people to yeah well, is that what it, people aren't looking for jobs. No, what it is is the job of dealing with other people has become less and less desirable. Well, buddy of mine that owns a restaurant up in Erie has told me that he said he's like his employees now dictate to him when they're going to work. They're like, yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm not working that day, and he's just got to be like, okay. We went into a a restaurant recently that was pretty big. It's a big room. There was one server for the entire restaurant. And it was his last day. Oh, like they can't keep their places staffed. One of my favorite places in Pittsburgh I went to last week and they had signs on half of the tables that said, "Uh, yeah, don't sit here. Like nobody. We don't have enough people. We don't have enough staff. Don't sit here. Like the restaurant is sold out. There's three tables there. Yeah. And the people are like fighting for bar stools. You know what I mean? So it's a, it's just a crazy time. It is weird. It's, it's hard to reconcile. Like you said, there's like everybody's working, but nobody's working. Yeah. Uh, another local res- uh, resident has made a name for herself on national television. According to a story on Channel 4's website, Zoe Peckish is the pastry chef at Ritual House downtown. She won the summer baking championship on the Food Network. She competed against nine other people and won twenty five grand as part of that championship. Doesn't and, I mean she? Of course, she would win a cooking 
competition. Her last name is Peckish. Is that her last name? Yeah. Does that mean hungry? Uh, does it? Peckish? I thought Peckish was like when you're like... Uh, uh, that's hungry. That's hungry. Okay, there you go. I thought it was more like uh, uh, like oh. picky. Nope. Well, there you go. It's a joke that was too smart for the room, apparently. Apparently well, so. You know, Sorry, guys. It's nine. I'll dumb it down for you. <laughs> Try to try to do dumber stuff, Bill. And I'll equip a man one step closer to giving Western Pennsylvania residents a taste and smell of the past. Yesterday, Jason Powell announced his Hills Snack Bar food truck. I just spilled a huge water. I'm sorry. Uh, on the board? Uh, okay. No, on my phone, but... Yeah. Here. Go ahead. Keep going. I love how the show has turned into Ouch no, My Balls. No, just go. Don't worry about you me. You okay? Yeah. Jason Powell announced his Hills <laughs> snack bar food truck passed an inspection by the Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture. Last year, Powell shared plans for the truck, hoping to mix those nostalgic smells of fresh popcorn, oh, roller yeah. hot dogs, and cherry ices, just like the old department stores that are sorely missed by many. Mm-hmm. He hasn't yet provided a date and location for a grand opening, but uh, Hills Department Stores... Been gone from the region since Man. closing in 1999. Is, have they been closed that long? Mm-hmm. Man, I remember Seems going like to Hills. Seems like longer than that. I know. Hills, and then even more recently, like the Kmarts. Now, yeah. like, and they had super Kmarts. Blue Light Special. Those were gone. Was it Kaufman, the TikTok Cafe? Yeah. Bill wouldn't know that. I yeah, know. yeah. That I was went, downtown. That was fancy, though, compared to Hills. I went to a super Target in South in North Carolina, I was like, "Oh my god!" I didn't even god. know there is a Super Target. I, I didn't know either till I visited one. It was awesome. It had like a full grow. It's like Super Walmart, but it's yeah. Target. <laughs> <laughs> Walmart just has like other restaurants inside of it too. Did you have to poop when you walked in? Like <laughs> no, I don't, that story we that had re- yesterday that everyone their bowels have to move as soon as they walk into Target or Walmart. Apparently. Walmart has a Subway, a Lens Crafters. Is there a daycare in there? There probably is. Could be. An arcade. They have them at Giant Eagle, so. Uh, Do you want a job that'll make you happy, speaking of work? Well, get physical. According to career experts, physical therapists are the happiest in their jobs. A survey by Payscale found that 90% of physical therapists felt their job held high meaning and 90% report high professional satisfaction in their careers. The happiest jobs of 2023 also include firefighters at number two, followed by teachers in third place. Oh, wow. Happiest. That's surprising. Well, I mean, you're helping people. You know, I think that, like, if you're a physical therapist, helping people to whether it's through just rehab or getting back up on their feet or getting in better shape, has to be rewarding. I'm sure it is, yeah. The sexperts at lovehoney.com. You okay over there? Did you get everything taken Everything all right? right. Uh, Recently conducted several surveys asking men and women which professions they consider not that they feel good, but that they think are the most sexually attractive. Okay. We'll see if the results surprise you. Top 10 sexiest professions according to women. Firefighter, builder, police officer, doctor, mechanic, paramedic, musician, electrician, farmer, and lawyer. 
radio DJ did not make the cut. Just a bit outside. Uh, <laughs> the top 10 sexiest professions, according to men, are flight attendant. I think that's, these are all fantasies for men. Yeah, mm-hmm. right, right. Flight attendant, okay. nurse, yeah. secretary, sure. teacher, uh-huh. actor, which is a strange one, police officer, doctor, bartender, maid, and singer. Anyone we come in contact with. <laughs> <laughs> Server. Yeah. Meter maid. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> On the flip side, being a judge ranked as the least sexy profession for both men and women. The rest of the uh, five least sexy jobs are web developers, politicians, marketing executives, and designers, which is a pretty loose term guys are pigs though like toll booth operator yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fantasy judge no too much clothing yeah well it's just a robe if you're judge mcfalls you had nothing underneath it <laughs> oh. how many disgusting things toll booth operators see uh, they have seen do, so many people whacking like there's been oh, so many people yeah. just oh. pleasuring themselves as they went through there's no question that's why they wear gloves it's, that is <laughs> that's why they don't look at you maybe that's why they changed the automated ones i don't know that'd be a tough gig man mm-hmm. everybody's going somewhere but you that's well, rough there's that but yeah just you got to imagine. You see lots of just disgusting things. And yep. just the filthy cars. You see right into people's lives. lives. Uh, Val, I'm just noticing that you have a, like, Muppets hoodie on <laughs> underneath your I'm, winter I'm, jacket with yeah. a scarf. With I'm a scarf. comfortable today. Yeah. And you just said you're freezing. I'm not making fun of you as much as I am pointing out how unbelievably cold it is in here on a daily <laughs> basis now. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. If you told me that that hoodie was a throw blanket, like when you actually take it out of that jacket, I would believe you. She has a blanket. Yeah. It looks very comfortable. My feet are cold. It's it's freezing. (laughs) That water I spilled froze. That's why why it was easy to clean up. You're ice skating. I just chipped it away. Yeah, I have a winter, like, I don't know what this is. Not fleece. It's really nice. I mean, it looks like like it's made out of Grover. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's nice. That's like mascot material. That's right. <laughs> You're made out of Grimace. In music news, ZZ Top's upcoming album is said to have a posthumous feature from Dusty Hill, who passed away almost two years ago. Billy Gibbons recently revealed the news in an interview with Classic Rock, saying Hill and his replacement, Elwood Francis, are actually going back and forth on a couple of tunes. Uh, the upcoming album was already being recorded when Hill died in 2021. Gibbons also said the project could arrive sometime this year, although he previously said it was expected to drop in late 2021 or 2022 so maybe 2023 will be when we get it according to gibbons the band is currently in the process of reviewing those tracks i always love the fact that they played like the day after he died you know uh-huh i do like wanted us to (laughs) really (laughs) meanwhile the actual conversation dusty had was like promise me you'll never go out as easy top when i die you got it buddy he's dead elwood pick up the bass let's go (laughs) Gig tomorrow. Promise me you won't play Jurgles tomorrow <laughs> night. <laughs> they're dude, they're bigger than that, man. They're they're, they're ZZ I think Top's they're at the huge. Pavilion and Starlight. Yeah, ZZ Top. Are they really? Dude, With they're summer. Billy Gibbons I, is no joke. He oh, is yeah, a legendary no, he's a, guitar he's a, he's hero. A legend. Yeah, I saw them probably two years ago. Oh, it might have been longer than that. I think Dusty Hill was still alive. Mm-hmm. They were great. 
I mean, they were great. The one guy with uh, the only guy without a beard, his last name was Beard, Frank Beard. <laughs> I've told you the story many times. The time he came in studio live and he hung out with us in the morning Ooh, show. He's drinking studio. a tab. Drinking or a tab. <laughs> I go, tab. where did you get a tab? He's like, Hills. He goes, they don't make it anymore, man. <laughs> Found a place ahead. I bought a couple pallets. <laughs> a couple pallets. He's just drinking tab. <laughs> That's got to be from 1978. Yeah. Like, Why did they stop making tabs? Because it gives you cancer. Oh, does it? <laughs> yeah, it had saccharin in it. The, the, the roundup of colas? Yes. And he's like, can't keep away from me. Do they still Pry make- my tab out of my cold, dead hand. <laughs> do they still make fresca? Yeah, they do, yeah, and it's really where? good. I'm, I haven't seen a fresh in a minute. The 70s. I feel like Lacroix kind of fr- ate their lunch. My friends were making drinks with frescas last week: grapefruit fresca and vodka. That's probably a nice summer drink. Yeah. They still rocking it in the can, or did they switch to like weird? <laughs> I don't. I never asked them <laughs> personal questions like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean no, yeah, fresca? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, no. Yeah, they, they, they do anal. When you spill your water, <laughs> did you do something? Because this camera screen here I know. is just, just like a close-up of Bill's I know. Face. I don't know what happened. Where? <laughs> Get out of my face, man. <laughs> I don't know, dude. There's nobody here to fix it. It won't matter. It'll be like this it tomorrow. Still? No, you turned it. Yeah. Turned it back. No, <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want you looking at my nose. <laughs> it was. Care. It was a... It, I mean, it was a real close-up shot. It was in my pores. Yeah, it really was, yeah. Uh, another anniversary today, you mentioned it's the 97th birthday of Mel Brooks. It's also the anniversary of Mike Tyson biting Evander Holyfield's ear oh, off. Man. Oh, happy birthday to both of them. That was one of the craziest events of all time, and I remember being at a keg party for that and just... Couldn't believe that it actually happened. How I, does somebody do that? I don't know. For For you youngsters out there, here's what a Mike Tyson fight was. First of all, it was an event like a Super Bowl, but yeah. it had a very distinct, like, uh, the, the celebration was the same everywhere. And it was one person got the fight. Yep. It usually cost 120 bucks or something like that, which was a ton a back lot. then. Mm-hmm. Everybody then, chipped and in. And then everybody would chip. You have to pay 10 bucks. And then, for some reason, there was always a keg, which never made sense to me because Tyson fights lasted <laughs> one beer. Yeah. And, but everybody always had a keg. So it would be like 10 bucks to watch the fight, out. 10 bucks for beer. So you were 20 bucks into the night. So if you were late, you missed the whole thing. You could yeah. miss the whole thing. But not a lot of girls at those parties. No, it was just a bunch of dudes with a keg. And you'd look at the TV, and, and it was the most terrifying human that you ever saw. To this day, nobody has scared me as much. Like, looking at them has never been as scary no. as looking at Mike Tyson in the ring. The way that he came out of the corner wearing those black trunks, like, it, he was like a pit bull in the ring. He, he was terrifying. I can't remember who the guy was that he knocked out in, like, 20 seconds or whatever it was. But, Everyone. like, pick one. Yeah. Like, it was... He, he he scared you. Like it's like someone's gonna someone's gonna watch him, right? Like if he wanted to rampage, he could kill hundreds of people. And now he's a podcaster, which is bizarre. Well, he has I mean, a perfect speaking voice for the medium, so it makes sense. <laughs> Hazy, smoky today. It is a code red air quality day. Temperatures in the 70s. It's, it's 63 red. at DVE. That's, that's the name of his podcast, Hazy and Smoky, because he has, he has his own weed, he right? He a lot of weed. Yeah, which is good. And he does mushrooms. Good. Like, I saw him do a podcast 
tripping on mushrooms with Bill Burr. <laughs> was Burr on mushrooms too? I don't know. Burr has, I mean, he talks about doing mushrooms, but yeah. that'd be interesting. Like, I'd be scared bizarre. to be around him I doing mushrooms. I would not want to say the wrong thing to either of them. No. Scary in their own right. I would never want to see him on acid. I can tell you that much. Seeing Burr come out of the corner after you've called the Patriots cheaters oh, dude. is one of the most terrifying things you could witness. It is. Uh, Mike's got your sports when we come back. The Buckos rebound in a big way last night, including the uh, defensive play of the year thus far in left field. I mean, really, just an amazing catch uh, by... Uh, what the, how do you say his name? I always screwed up. Palacios. 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 Josh Palacios. Uh, I always want to say Palacios. <laughs> <laughs> He's not a hockey player. Uh, well, I'm still in hockey mode, I guess. And the draft is tonight. What will Kyle Duboth do? Me thinks that Duboth for Duboth too much. Anyways, Michael Abad, <laughs> Mark Madden at nine forty-five. Folks, imagine if your favorite casino came with an undo button. That's exactly what you get with FanDuel Casinos. Play it again. Get up to $1,000 back if you're down after your first day. Play your favorite table games and hundreds of slots for real cash and see for yourself why FanDuel Casino is the number one rated online casino app. Explore daily and weekly promotions. Play with live dealers. And if you ever have a question, our best-in-class customer support team is here to help 24-7. Sign up for FanDuel Casino at FanDuel.com slash Randy and play it again. With up to $1,000 back if you're down after your first day. Got to be 21 or older, present in Pennsylvania. Must not have previously placed any wager on FanDuel Sportsbook, FanDuel Casino, Betfair Casino, Mohegan Sun Casino, or Stardust Casino. Refund issued as is non-withdrawable casino-only site credit that expires seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash casino. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. As part of the DVE Comedy Festival, we're proud to bring back Doug Benson, Doug Loves Movies podcast live at the Bottle Rocket, Saturday afternoon, July 15th. On the DVE Morning Show, Mike. Sports is brought to you by Bridgeville Appliance. The Pirates got off the deck and actually hit the ball last night, beat Padres 9-4, to three home runs, uh, including the first of Nick Gonzalez's major league career, Jack Swinski. Broken 0 for 29 uh, entering the game uh, streak with uh, his dinger. And also, uh, Carlos Santana had been a while for him as well. Three double plays and a great catch in the outfield by Josh Palacios. Credible starting pitching and plenty of relief out of Ruanzi Contreras. It all kind of fell together for the Pirates at least for a night. And uh, this is what happens in baseball a lot. It's a marathon, not a sprint. we got to remember that. And uh, you take a look at the uh, fallout from last night's 9-4 Pirates win. Bucks are 36-42, and 42, which is, you know, <laughs> kind of teetering on competence, respectability. The Padres are 37-42. and 42. The Padres, the middle of their lineup last night, two through seven, Fernando Tatis, Juan Soto, Manny Machado, Xander Bogarts, Gary Sanchez, who's the light-hitting catcher there for his defense, but... At least he hits 200, not 150, and he hits the ball out of the park once in a while. And Nelson Cruz. That is a hell of a middle of the order. They were The three pitchers they were supposed to throw at the Pirates in this series before you Darvish uh, succumbed to illness last night, it was going to be Darvish, Blake Snell tonight, and Joe Musgrove Thursday yeah, afternoon. pretty awesome. How the, hell, how the hell is this team 37 and 42? It's crazy. And who's more disappointing right now, San Diego or Pittsburgh? San Diego. I mean, San Diego. Their Without expectations question, right? are actually legit. Nobody had There's... expectations here besides 
the you know the pirates themselves maybe and then they got off to a hot start and everybody's expectations rose yeah i mean the pirates aren't going to get back to playing it at 20 and 8 through 28 games pace anytime soon i don't think but i think they're better than 16 and 34 which is what they are in their last 50 after last night, you don't have to play 700 ball. Just don't play 300 ball, Randall. Padres have a payroll of 251 million dollars. What are the Pirates at? About 90. Yeah, hmm. they're 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 third behind the Mets with 336. At the Mets are the highest, and then the Yankees have 268 million. Yeah, I mean, I heard Guy Junker reading that lineup last night, sipping a beer, thinking, Jesus, I think I get these guys out. Mm-hmm. Pirates have seventy-five million. Wow, that's. I mean, it's. I'm not advocating do it the Pirates' way, but uh, it, it, the way the Pirates are doing it is the way they're doing it, and it doesn't necessarily uh, preclude results the same way sus- spending money doesn't necessarily guarantee results. Just makes it harder. Uh, the aforementioned Blake Snell against Mitch Keller tonight. That's a great pitching matchup, and then uh, Joe Musgrove against Luis Ortiz on Thursday afternoon in the series finale. Uh, first round of the NHL entry draft is taking place tonight in Nashville. The Penguins are picking 14th. I have no idea uh, in what direction Kyle Dubas is going to head, what he values, what his philosophy is, but I got a couple of thoughts. Uh, I want to talk about the guy who's the presumptive second overall pick, Adam Fantilli. He's a center out of the University of Michigan. Now, he's not Fantilli is not Connor Bedard, who is being billed as a generational-type player. Uh, you know, maybe the next uh, Connor McDavid, who knows. Um, Fantilli, this is the kind of guy I think Dubas should be looking for. And I, I can speak with a little perspective on him because I've seen him play live and I've seen him on TV. Uh, he was a freshman at Michigan this past season, 30 goals and 35 assists in 36 games, 65 points in 36 games. He won the Hobie Baker Award, college player, of the year. He led the nation in goal scoring. The puck explodes off this guy's stick. He hammers the puck. Uh, his goal scoring is inevitable. Uh, he doesn't just score when they're up 5 1. He scores when they're down by one in the national semifinal. And beyond that, Adam Fantilli has a mean streak. He's six foot two, 195 pounds. I actually saw this kid get thrown out of a game against Michigan State, which is a big rivalry game for Michigan. Because he cross-checked the guy in the back well after the play behind the net. Now, I'm not advocating you go out there and goon it up. <laughs> but sometimes and that's the way rivalry games are played. That's the way big-time competitive games are played sometimes. He, he just wasn't having it this night. He, and he went out and set a tone for his team. Uh, he's a relentless player. He shows up in big situations. He plays in all situations. He's out there at the end of games protecting leads. He's killing penalties. He's on the power play. He scores goals. These are the only metrics I need. He does big-time things, and he plays with a mean streak. When he is out there, you know he is out there, and you better deal with it. We Um, need that. These guys are hard to find. He's not going to be there at 14, though. I mean, how would they even have a chance of getting a guy like that? They won't, but this is what I think they should be looking for. As opposed to, uh, I don't know what the hockey equivalent of defensive run saved is, but put the laptop, close the laptop, watch the game, and eventually, when you know what you're looking for, when you see it, get it. That's how I'd do it. 
Yeah, they need to take the Andy Weidel approach. You know, yeah. go out and get big, big nasty, nasty goons. Guys who can play. I mean, it's this kid's really impressive. Do you know how much this is hurting me to, to sing this kid's praises, knowing where he played his college hockey and where he still plays his college hockey? I do. This is what you want. Is Randy. This is what you want. Um, we'll see what Kyle Dubas wants. Can't wait to find out. That's Mike Pursuit with your sports. We got Double M, Mark Madden, joining us after the break. Mike, air quality's not great, but they're still playing sports tonight. They are. The uh, Pirates are playing the Padres tonight. And uh, one of the things I like to talk about with Bet Parks, uh, the sportsbook and casino app that I recommend, is the new user feature that they've got going right now. $10 gets you $125 in sportsbook bonus if your first bet wins. Say you're new to the sports gambling uh, industry. You've never tried this before. Here's a four-leg parlay for you tonight. Henry Davis, over half a hit. Andrew McCutcheon, over half a hit. Jack Sawinski, under half a hit. They are opposing a left-handed pitcher, so Jack Sawinski's not going to get a hit. Uh, and Fernando Tatis, he was 0 for 5 last night for the Padres. That ain't happening again. Tatis, over half a hit. That comes back at plus 550. If you wager $10, you not only win 55 when this hits tonight, you get that $125 in sportsbook bonus back. Uh, betparks.com has the terms and conditions. It's a fun way to get in the game. Every time almost a batter comes up, you've got some skin in the game. What's a better way to watch baseball than that? New users and winning bets only. Sports bonus must be wagered once. See the website for complete details. Must be 21 and in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, or Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. These days, there's a good chance you are your own boss. So knock off work when you want and hang with DVE's Chad Tyson. I never hear this song for a deep cut. He has your deep cut requests, sports news, and a DVE morning show reloaded comedy cut. Afternoons with Chad Tyson on DVE. At Kenny Ross Mazda, North Huntington. Drive a new... It's Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show, along with Bill Crawford, Val Porter, Mike Pursuta. Jacob Brecht is our producer, welcoming our next guest, sponsored by Rivers Casino from our brother station, 105.9 The X, Double M, Mark Madden. Good morning, Mark. How are you? Hello again, everybody. Yeah. Uh, Mark, so what do you got going on? You in town? You in Vegas? What's what's your story? You've, you've been bouncing around a lot. So I, no, I, no, I'm, I'm in town. I uh, went to uh, Reading, PA to see... Tom Kiefer, Winger, and uh, John Karabi last Friday. That was a day off, and I'm going to see them at uh, – actually, I hear the show might be moved from that place in Cheswick because of weather over to Carnegie Music Hall of Homestead, but the same uh, three acts are, are in town this Saturday, and then I'll go to Connie Out Lake for July 4th. Uh, what is John Karabi doing? Is he doing, like, Motley Crue or – like? No, he, he does an acoustic set. He was in a pretty good band prior to Motley Crue called The Scream – and and he's currently in the Dead Daisies, so he comes out. And he does, you know, six acoustic songs, you know, from from that uh, from that over, and uh, only the one Motley song, which is uh, Hooligans Holiday, which is a great song. Um, how is Winger right now? And is Reb on that tour? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, White Snake's not announced as being done, but I think it is. So, now, you know, Reb they, actually. I read they have an announcement coming soon. Yeah, but that might be David repackaging a, a, an album for the umpteenth time too. 
but uh, yeah, Rebs with Winger. He missed a couple shows with Winger last year, or maybe two years ago when he was with Whitesnake, which was a first ever. But yeah, it's the uh, original lineup, and uh, and it's really good. I mean, the, the whole show is really good. Tom Kiefer, boy, there, there's a guy who's kind of gone underrated, I think, in the in the annals of of bluesy metal. Cinderella. Uh, I think Cinder. I think Cinderella's Long Cold Winter album was a masterpiece, and he's still really good live. His voice was so distinctive, and I think it was one of those things. He was like uh, Shannon Hoon. Some people loved it, and other people that turned him off. Yeah, that that's a very good way of putting it. It's kind of weird how he looks too. He's he, he looks like a really old teenager. <laughs> he, he's like baby faced. Yeah. But, but but you know, but the but the wrinkles are apparent. He's also ghostly white. You know, he, he looks like he might have been left in the microwave a bit too long too. Um, well, that's good. I'm glad that uh, that was a good show. Didn't, didn't he have a medical issue the last time he was in town? Uh, I think it was before the last time he was in town, Val. I mean, yeah, I mean, did he have an off night singing? I wasn't. Well, no, no, no. no the last time he was in town show. was at Greensburg, Greensburg last year, and he was fine. But I think there was a medical issue in there somewhere. Yeah, probably had to do with pigment. <laughs> that was my favorite show of last year, by the way. You wouldn't think so, but my favorite show was. Uh, was was uh, Tom Kiefer on top, L.A. Guns and Faster Pussycat at uh, Greensburg, the Palace Theater. It just had so much energy. Faster Pussycat just played here, I think, at the uh, that place in Whitehall. Yeah, the winery or whatever it is. Yeah, I, I wasn't able to make that. Craft House, Craft House, yeah. Um, One of the shows that's not really good every year is the NHL draft. They haven't figured out how to do it like the NFL. There's not going to be a lot of pomp and circumstance what are you expecting tonight? Well, the big problem with the NHL period is it's just not cool. It doesn't know how to be cool. Um, and, and with the draft, the problem is only like one or two guys tops every year go right to the league. It, whereas with the NFL, they all go right to the league. You can judge how much they're going to help. And, uh, you know, like the NHL, look at Connor McDavid. He's a cornball. He's a sourpuss. He's one of the greatest players ever, and he has absolutely no crossover appeal, possibly because I read somewhere when he was a kid he had charisma bypass surgery, very tricky operation. <laughs> and uh, it's my favorite sport, but it's just not cool. Did Seth Rohrbaugh, was is he getting tagged for being the guy who voted fifth, uh, McDavid fifth in voting? Well, he was the guy. Oh, so yeah, he voted Pasternak first and McDavid fifth, which denied McDavid the, the chance to be a unanimous MVP, to which I say, F that. Who cares if he's a unanimous MVP? He's the MVP anyway. Rorabaugh followed his heart, his reasoning. I mean, he's going to be on the show today to talk about it. His reasoning was that, you know, the Bruins, at least I'm assuming, this is kind of reading some of the stuff he said and written in the past, Pasternak had 61 goals. The Bruins were the best team in hockey. If you drop from Pasternak's point total to the next highest Bruins point total, it's over 40 points. So he went very strictly by most valuable, whereas Edmonton had Dreisaitl, who had almost as many points as McJesus. So, you see, I just think that if McDavid was from any place but Ontario, the dorky Canadian media wouldn't care. You know, they didn't have half as much outrage when Mario had 199 points in 1989, 31 more points than Gretzky, all of them goals, and Gretzky still got MVP, and that was because Lemieux was French and Gretzky's from Ontario. And I'm sorry, that's still how they think up there. They, think, they, they talk woke, but think that way.
Mark, I don't have any problem with Pasternak getting a first place vote, but can you really justify McDavid at fifth? Doesn't that yes, call I, question? I, I can because I think it's funny. I can justify it because if it lit those dorks north of the border up, I am all for it. And deep down in your heart, Pursuit, I know you are too. Lighten up the dorks, absolutely. But I don't know. Maybe we should do that in a different venue or setting. I just don't think it's that important, uh, uh, especially in a context where he won MVP anyway. And if McDavid had been put second by Rorabaugh, he still wouldn't have been unanimous. So I, I just don't think it's important, Mike. Um, should the Pirates trade McCutcheon if the return is worth it? Absolutely. I just uh, posted a column at com about that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can't let sentiment get in the way of what's best for the baseball team. Uh, although, and what he wants doesn't matter. He's 36 years old, although he's having a great season. Yeah, he really is. You look at his numbers, uh, I hope I'm quoting this correctly, his batting average is the best it's been since 2017, and his on-base percentage is the best it's been since 2015. Uh, he's on pace to draw almost 100 walks, which is going to happen when you're one of, like, two guys in your lineup that can hit. They're, they're going to pitch around you. But uh, one thing I don't want to see happen, though, is I've read, well, you know, they could trade him and then bring him back again in free agency. It's not the hokey pokey, okay? You know, <laughs> behave like a baseball team. You know, if he's gone, he's gone. It was great he came back for a while. And if you want to keep him, do that, too. But don't do the stupidity where he's in, he's out, he's in, he's out. Well, I think the greatest gift that he could give the Pirates is to get traded and <laughs> have them get some use, something useful in return. I mean, the likelihood of keeping him keeping this pace up, even throughout the, the duration of this season, is unlikely. Uh, uh, well, yeah, here's the thing. It, it doesn't matter what they do, Randall, because they're going to stink no matter what. I agree. This team's going to stink forever. So it doesn't matter what they do. I mean, they gave us a little bit of hope in April. But look at the Cincinnati Reds. The Cincinnati Reds, just like the Pirates, lost 100 games last year. And now they've zoomed past them, and they're in first place. And maybe that's fluky, just like the Pirates' April was. But I see them, you know, handling their prospects correctly and on what seems to be a predetermined and correct timetable. And I know they'll spend money when they need to because baseball is still important to that ownership group and to Cincinnati. Here is just smoke and mirrors. It's one lie after the other. Like last night. Look at the great new City Connect jerseys. Yeah, they're the perfect jersey to wear when you've just lost 12 out of 13. Well, you know, <laughs> Gonzalez goes yard, gets triple, and gets a, you know, hits one off the batter's eye. Uh, I think Henry Davis said, did Henry Davis knock one in last night, Mike? He did. Yeah, so I mean. He had, he had a couple hits, I know that. Couple- I mean, no, these guys look okay. But my point is, I look at the way Cincinnati handled Ellie De La Cruz. And he came up on a predetermined timetable, and how they were going to use him was, was, was clearly mapped out by the way they have used him. Whereas with Henry Davis, well, we drafted him as a catcher, but maybe he's a right fielder. Nick Gonzalez, we're desperate. Let's bring him up. What the hell? Yeah, uh, even when O'Neill Cruz finally made it up, he was, like, hitting home runs in the minors, like, pointing to his watch, like... When is it time? Like you know, they they always have a reluctance to bring these guys up, and I don't know if it's monetary or what it is, but they sure want to make sure these guys are nice and comfortable before they get to the show. Well, it seems like there's just not a plan. And one of the uh, one of the uh, baseball literati nationally said the Pirates might trade Mitch Keller, and I think he's kind of talking out his backside. But imagine if that happened. Well, Bedner, for that matter. 
No, I could see trading Bednar because it's easy to conjure up closers. That's not a tough thing to come up with in the Pirates. One of the few things they've been good at personnel-wise is doing that. But, uh, but you can't trade Keller. And I would draft that Skeens in the first pick uh, overall in a couple of weeks, not the outfielder Cruz. I'd draft the pitcher because your only chance to get a top-of-the-rotation pitcher, if you're the Pirates, on their budget is to draft one because you're never trade for one and you'll never sign one in free agency. All right, Mark Madden, double M. Check them that's out. That's it. Yeah, it's, it was a great segment. Nice and, you know, it's like eight minutes. Boom, boom. Perfect. Yeah, I like to drag it out a little bit more to try to ruin it. Well, if you'd like to, I'll let you. What else? No, is, go what else is Dubas going to do this week, oh, there Mark? Goes. There Mark, <laughs> hello, are you there? Tell yeah. us. Gotta go. Gotta let's, go. Let's just let him react to it next week. More what fun. about Zuck? You keeping him? Getting rid of him? Nope. Getting See rid you. of him? Got to change the team, Bill. Jean-Ri. Can't change the team. Can't change a team bringing the same guy. Yeah, back. why do we have to change the good players, though? Zuck, not Zuck. I thought you were talking about Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk. I was like, I, I think he wins. Zuck? Zuck? No, it's Zuck. Zucker. Zucker. It's, it's, they call him Zuck. Don't tell me what they They're call wrong. him. I'll tell you what I'll tell you what you <laughs> pronounce it. The coaches? <laughs> I'm just calling him by his nickname, guys. That's all I'm doing. You're close personal okay. friends. I understand why you want him to stay. I think he's a good player. I think he's, he's the kind player. of player they need. You know, it's awesome too when there's they have good players like that, and then they're like, "I don't want to leave. I love it here." And it's like it's the best. Is that true, or are they saying because they know, like, I know I'm definitely gone? So they're like, "I'll tell you what, I really love it here. Can't imagine why they want to move me. Mm-hmm. Oh, did they move me? Oh, did I just piss off those guys who I hate? Oh, that's too bad." But I don't think that's the case with him. No, I actually think they love him. He loves it here, and if there's a way to keep him. Don't make it happen. Have faith in Duboff. Yeah. Well, I got to see something first. I can't just have faith in a guy. See, Mark, we ruined it without you even being here. So there. That's the end of the show. Thanks to Mr. Wednesday, Jeff Conkle, for uh, joining us. And Double M, anything that you missed on the show that you want to check out, you can do each and every day with the DBE Morning Show podcast start to finish. Wherever you get your podcasts. Friday morning, we're broadcasting live from Kennywood, baby. Rick Seaback will be with us uh, as well. And uh, some of your Kennywood favorites hopefully will be joining us. And then we'll go ride all the rides with uh, the winners of our contest before they open the park up to the GP. So that'll be nice. The, smoke the general should, public. The, uh, the uh, smoke should be cleared out by then. Should be, yeah. Hoping. Yeah. yeah. Be fine. But uh, don't hang out outside too long today if you don't have to. Unless, you know, you got them iron lungs. Some or you're don't. a lifeguard. <laughs> yeah, or, or you have to work outside. Or you have to work outside. Yeah. All right, Michelle's up next. She's back here, right? She's back today? Should be. Yeah. I heard the blood drive was packed yesterday. Good. I'm glad That's to hear awesome. that. awesome. Great need for blood. Indeed. All right, have a great day, everybody. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. I'm finished. Stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. But now you gotta call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Oh, Murray! Murray! Google it! This is
Eric Dickerson. Here's what's trending on the iHeart Sports Network. Presented by Staples Stores. The Pirates got home runs from Carlos Santana, Jack Sawinski, and rookie Nick Gonzalez and crushed San Diego. The game included a brilliant defensive play when Josh Palacios took a home run away from the Padres' Juan Soto. The future of hockey on display tonight is round one of the NHL draft. Connor Bedard, who analysts say is a generational talent, a lot to go number one to Chicago. The Penguins pick 14th tonight. I'm Matt McCoy. During Staples Small Business Deal Days, you save 50% when you buy. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.